Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. And Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. On the week. We have a whole lot of stories on the list here today, today being the 12th ever episode of 43.6. Thank you for subscribing and joining the party. We appreciate all your support. And if you haven't been following on social media, make sure you are at 43.6 on all the socials as well. But we will be talking about today, Kevin Durant has supposedly asked for a trade and he's on the move. Perhaps we will see where we think Kevin Durant may end up. Uh, Robot umpires are apparently coming. Uh, Freddie Freeman has, I think, fired his agent. Uh, It's still kind of foggy reading some of these articles. Uh, Hockey Canada has pulled out or excuse me, a bunch of sponsors have pulled out of Hockey Canada and uh, Hockey Canada related funding. Another update to this Hockey Canada story that is updating every single week, it seems. And also, if we have time, we might talk a bit more wrestling in our wrestling corner at the end of the show, because there's a couple things that happened this week involving one Joey Ryan and one Logan Paul. All that and a whole lot more coming up on the 12th edition of 43.6. But before we get there, we do like to just uh, shoot the shit a little bit about our past week and our, or our weekend or anything that has happened since the last time we got a chance to speak on our previous episode. So, James, we'll start with you. Anything new with you going on this past week? Yeah, man. I actually have stuff <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> so, remember how you were talking about your your uh your soccer your team canada soccer jerseys remember like, uh, yeah, the one that whole... never showed up but eventually did show up that was yes, free sir. yes sir. that ended up being free yeah <laughs> yes sir so i went ahead and ordered a few jerseys of my own only i ordered them from some bootleg china website <laughs> and they've already shipped uh and i'll tell you all the reviews for these jerseys say they're just like the official ones and i'll tell you i paid maybe less than a third of the price so we'll see when my zach wilson jersey comes in and my uh jota liverpool jersey comes in and i'll tell you how close to accurate they are neither of these players play soccer for canada no they don't but i ordered a jersey and it's actually coming <laughs> and I ordered a bootleg one that's actually coming. Well, my jersey did arrive. Did I tell you that? Yeah, but mine shipped after I ordered it, like right away. Yeah, I'm, you, mine, I definitely had to wait like three months to get it. Yeah. Like, I'll have, probably have to wait three months, but that's just because it's, it's on the boat. But, like, for you, it's it's they probably didn't even realize they had an order. So I did that. They're like, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah, they, they probably just see a stack of papers with his name on it for an order, and it's like, order, gift card, return, cancel, and they're just like, fuck it, just use this one, and it's the one that said, send him a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Uh, and then if, if they come in good, man, I'm going to go on a jersey buying spree of just like every sport and every player that I enjoy. Like, I'll get a Luka Doncic jersey. Uh, I'll get a Kobe jersey. I'll get a whole bunch of shit like that. Um, speaking of Kobe, actually, I was reading, so I started reading like one of my Kobe books. What's that? Oh, I was just stupid fucking Sportsnet. Like I'm trying to click on Sportsnet Ontario, but it's like, you don't subscribe to Sportsnet Ontario, which I do. So then I clicked on Sportsnet East and it says, you don't subscribe to Sportsnet East. And then I clicked on West and it's like, you don't describe it. And then finally I clicked on Pacific and it worked. I'm like, 
Apparently, okay. according to Sportsnet, I live in the Pacific part of Canada. But wonderful geotagging. Um, no, I. Uh, so I've been reading this book about Kobe Bryant, and uh, it's kind of like, it's like a biography, but structured in in terms of like life lessons. So like, at the end of each chapter, it's like, what life lessons do you take away from this portion of the story? And there are some like really cool fucking tidbits about Kobe Bryant that I never knew. Like there's so much about that guy. I don't know. So like, for example, did you know that when Kobe signed his deal with Nike, he had them design shoes with socks built in because he realized that wearing socks and then wearing shoes cost him about a half or a full second of reaction time. Cause his feet would slide in the shoe so he had it figured out that by building the sock into the shoe his feet wouldn't slide between the sock and the shoe and he would give himself a half second or a full second of reaction time and it was like scientifically engineered by nike like that's fucking crazy like that's how meticulous that's how meticulous this guy was i mean who am i to who am i to like criticize kobe bryant for playing basketball but wouldn't you think the simpler solution would be just to tie your fucking shoes? No, because apparently the friction between the sock and the shoe, regardless, causes costs you reaction time. <laughs> you sure? Or is he just wearing shoes that are way too big? He's one of those guys who's like, well, no, but oh, you I can't, wear a size you can't 13, wear, but, you really know, a size but you can't wear a tight shoe because then the blood's going to be cut off from your foot, and that's not going to make you any better either. Well, I'm so, not saying like strap it on with like. Tie right, downs or but something. but like, there's always going to be space, and that's what he was saying. There's always going to be that amount of space, and listen, they they engineered it at Nike, and that's fucking crazy. Yeah, they engineered it. They probably just said, "Sure, Kobe, whatever you want. You're going to pay us how much to do this? <laughs> yes, sir. Nothing. No problem. They're we'll him. engineer they're some socks him. for you. They're, he's not paying them. They're paying him. He's the sponsored athlete. Well, whatever the case, they just want to keep him happy. <laughs> they want him in their portfolio. And then the second like, oh, we're thing not was Kobe over this sock thing. <laughs> and then the second thing was, um, or no, there's two more. So the other thing was, he said that he would study the officials' handbook because in basketball, you're the when the ball moves, each official is responsible for a zone. Then you're supposed to move into each zone as the ball moves throughout the floor. So what he would do is he would study all those zones and discover where blind spots were for the refs. And that's where he would know he could get away with shit because the refs couldn't see. So he would do holds, reach-ins, all that kind of stuff. He said, and he would just take advantage of the fact that that's where the refs couldn't see him, which I think was fucking awesome. And then the last thing he said, or not the last thing he said, um, but the last thing I've read up to at this point uh, was one of the things when he would practice shooting, a lot of people would say, Oh, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm practicing taking shots. And Kobe says, I don't practice taking shots. I practice making shots. And that's such a baller statement. Like, that's the best. That's the best mentality. So I'm stoked to be reading this book. Um, I'm not going to lie. The Kobe-isms give me a massive boner sometimes. Just, like, the mindset that that guy was in at all times. Because, like, there was... I just saw an interview. Um, I forget who it was. Um, It wasn't, like, a big-name player. Anyway, the guy goes... They're playing the Lakers that night and he shows up to the gym about like an hour and a half, two hours earlier than typically would to get warmups in. He walks in, he's like, Kobe's already in there working out. And at this point they're on opposite teams, but as you know, with sports, you share the facilities, right? 
he said Kobe's already in there. And he's like, okay. So he shoots around for a bit for about an hour, hour and a half. And this guy leaves and sits down and Kobe's still going. And so the guy just sits there and decides to just watch Kobe, see how long he goes for it. Kobe's there for like another hour and a bit, just shooting around, dribbling, doing what he did. And then he, he, he said, I have to, you know, this is nuts. Played the game. He said, Kobe goes out there and drops like 45 on them. Like without even breaking a sweat. And he said, I have to ask him. He said, after the game, you know, you met up with him. And he was just like, I asked him, he's like, Kobe, like, why are you in the gym for so long? Like before the game, you're not going to burn yourself out. And, you know, he's like, whatever. Kobe's like, no, he's like, you came in and we're working. And he's like, I needed you. And he's like, I know you were sitting there. I needed you to know that no matter how hard you worked, you weren't beating me. Yeah. The guy was just a beast. He, uh, when he, when he broke his fingers or whatever, and he came back and he started missing, he noticed he was missing free throws. And when he went back and watched the tape, he noticed it because the rotation changed because of the way his fingers were stabilized. Um, so he went and he, he figured it out, he watched the tape, he re rejigged his shot to like make up for that uh, adjustment. And he, he literally took that shot and did it until he made a hundred thousand shots. And the person who was like interviewing was like, you took a hundred thousand. He's like, no, I did it till I made a hundred thousand. Like that's fucking wild, man. And it's, like, it's I, like gone too soon, but like, holy shit. Like what a, like what a like competitor, right? Like what a competitor. I, I say this with all the time and like, I don't know how much I've said it on here, but I know Jim, you've heard me say this plenty of times. It's just, the upper echelon or the top, you know, three, four guys of every sport in their respective fields, I I'm firmly believe they're not wired correctly in their head. To be that obsessive and that good and have that much drive and work and competitive fire to be able to do that is just, you're not wired correctly. And not to say in like a bad way or anything, it's just, you're, you're, it's superhuman almost. Yeah, so that's um, that's what I'm doing. I watched that. I went to the J game yesterday. They stunk up the place, and uh, yeah, I mean, we have no bullpen. That's fine. You don't need a bullpen. What competitive teams have bullpens? It, not at all. You don't need starters. What do you need starters for? They just throw well, the I ball. Mean, the Yankees are benefiting from just having really good starters. Where you know they're like starting five have missed like no games this year. What's that like? That's okay. You, Our starters you play. Starters go for longer than six innings. Our starters being allowed play. to at that. Whatever. Yeah. Our starters play and miss the game. Still, it doesn't matter. Like they It's it's been fucking terrible. It's it's. It's not bueno. two guys. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about the Blue Jays throughout the episode. Uh, but uh, anything else from the Blue Jays game? Do you enjoy like a super long hot dog or something? No, man. Um, I took advantage of those dugout deals. So, like, I just kept buying a nice. different thing on the menu for under five bucks, and then buying the the ten dollar unlimited refill soda cup. So, like, for twenty bucks, I was oh, like, fantastically satisfied. You How know? many times did you refill the soda? Uh, twice. So three but, altogether. Yeah, but I got it right at the beginning of the thing, and by the end of it, I th- I, I poured out like a third of it. But yeah, it was uh, it was good. Um, went to go. Got the kid went, like it. She she sat through the whole thing and she loved it. She was like, "We're like, do you have to go to the bathroom?" She's like, "No, I'm gonna miss the game," which was like the most proud moment for me. <laughs> I was like, "You damn right." Um, 
but we were going to run the bases after and we got like we lined up relatively in the front because it's junior j sunday we had the kids activity so she went to bouncy castle and did all the shit at the beginning of the game and then we're like okay we'll do the base running and we get we're like maybe 30 or 40 people in section 105 back so we're near the front relatively speaking and the guy comes by he's like just so you know it's an hour wait from here i was like go fuck yourself i'm like i'm leaving <laughs> So wow. I, I bent over to my kid. I'm like, listen, it's going to take too long to run these bases, kid. And she looked kind of like disappointed, which again, I was proud. I'm like, oh, she wants to run the bases. You know, I'm not proud that she's disappointed, but proud that it meant something to her. So I did what <laughs> any good dad would do in that moment. I said, hey, just so you know, the J shop is right over there. We can go over there. You can pick out a couple of things and we'll we'll take it home how about that and she was like yeah so she got some j stickers a flag some socks like you know she wanted the 40 dollar ace mug and i was like nah kid you're not get getting a 40 chinese shop yeah you're yeah i'll go on the chinese shop and i'll get her an ace mug. It, it's not gonna be ace it's gonna be with like a weird accent like an umlaut over the e it'd be <laughs> whatever man if it's five dollars instead of 40 she can have a sua in the mug. I don't give a shit. Not gonna lie, it makes me salty how expensive sports like shit is at like games, especially for kids. Like, Dude. if it's like an adult jersey, hat, t-shirt, whatever, okay. But like, mark down the kids' shit a little so, bit, man. I was saying that. So I bought a t-shirt for myself today at Sportcheck. I bought a t-shirt from RVCA, RCVA, whatever it is, um, and it was twenty nine ninety nine. My kids' Vladdy Guerrero toddler shirt from sport check was 35.99 like significantly less material <laughs> and you know it's it's embarrassing like it it's not you're right it's like when you talk about growing the game like making things accessible to the younger generation is important and i feel like they do a shit job of that like i feel like they actually do a shit job of making it you know for the amount that players move back and forth they kind of make a shit job like of your investment right because if I buy a Bichette jersey and then they don't sign him, then I'm fucking stuck with a Bichette jersey. You know what I mean? Like, look at Dustin's wall back there. None of those guys play here yeah. anymore. So, and they <laughs> well, barely okay. did. So, I have a completely different strategy for jerseys. I'm not specifically wearing it just because they play on the team currently. Well, what's why do you have Simeon up there? I like Marcus Simeon. <laughs> that Even was all this it was. Year? Like, <laughs> I, I, had, I, I didn't believe for a second he was going to stay with the Jays. So, for me, they're almost like an inside joke. So I know five years from now, I'm going to walk around the Rogers Center wearing a Marcus Semyon jersey, and someone's going to be like, ha, I remember that one year. And much like the Troy Tulowitzki jersey that's behind me. So, <laughs> well, Jesus Christ, Dustin's will, that guy. I will say that when I picked up the toddler shirt first, we got to the cash, and I went and put it on the table, and I noticed it said Chapman on the back. And I was like, hold up. And I went back, and I found the Guerrero one. <laughs> and I got that for my kid. <laughs> Instead of the Chapman one, because I was like, I want you to have something like, I don't know, maybe I'm different. Like Then again, I have a Leafs Tyler Bozak jersey. However, the only thing different oh, yeah. between Tyler Bozak. I have Bozak, a Leafs, uh, Joe Thornton jersey. But the I only have a different, Leafs Luke Shen jersey. You do. Um, the only thing different between my Tyler Bozak jersey and those ones over there is that Tyler Bozak's won a championship. So. Well, I have a Phil Kessel jersey. He's won two. Yeah. That's true. And Shen's won some on the Lightning. He won one on the yeah. Lightning. And JVR. I have a JVR jersey. He's won nothing. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of if any of my jerseys have ever won anything. Like Batista, no. <laughs> I was say, not no. the guys behind you. <laughs> Semyon, no. 
Thornton? No. <laughs> Yo, Semyon won a fat contract. He sure did. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. I have a Patrick Marlowe Leafs jersey too. That's a no. Nothing. Uh, John Tavares. That's a no. I mean, what would be like the most obscure and like that's outside of going back like eighties, nineties, like of the modern era? What would be just like where you see a fan where it's like, really, buddy, come on, you know, like getting. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean by come on? Like come on, it's like a why bad would you have? Yeah, like why it's just would like you have that nobody jersey? would get that jersey. Okay, okay, I, I see what you're saying. Like, so when he first said obscure, I'm thinking, what's like an obscure Blue Jays jersey? Like a, and, like a Matt Fratton jersey. Okay, yeah, well, that's just like, yes, I, I see what you're saying. But like, originally, no, I but it has to be semi ironic. I think it has to be semi ironic. So right, so like, the first thing that came to my mind was Frank Thomas. But like, there's a reason you would buy a Frank Thomas jersey. He's Frank Thomas. It was juiced. But yeah, if we're talking like Blue Jays, the most obscure Blue Jays jersey, I don't know. Like, I have to think about like who's a random ass player that no Troy one Gloss. ever would've... like Rod Barajas or something. Yeah, or Troy, like, no, Troy Gloss is good. Troy Gloss is a good one. Like, no, I think Troy Gloss was still a guy who hit thirty one hundred, right? Like, he was still a very good player. Raul Mondesi, Fred, Freddie Galvez. That's a good one. Yeah, and that's very recent too. Or like, Corey Koski. You know what? Literally any bullpen pitcher, with the exception of your closer. Like, Aaron no Loop. one's going to buy a Trevor <laughs> Richards jersey. An Aaron Loop jersey? Oh, Yo. man. You would just get beat up instantaneously, for sure. Someone's getting beaten up. Have you seen well, clips online about sport sporting events these days? People are getting beat up all over the place. That's true. It's stupid. But, yo, like, compared to your last week, this, like, your past week here is I know, I was busy. busy. Yeah. What about you? Uh, what did I do? Jesus, I can never remember. Oh, getting closer to moving. I moved this week on Friday, and it's like the worst because now it's like I'm a bit, I'm one of those people where I'm very very specific about separating my professional life from my personal life. You know, once the time ends, it I shut it off. I won't even talk about it with people. People ask what I do. I'm like, oh, I, I do this. And I don't even mention the company. I don't really get into detail. I get very high level about it. But I realized because, and I blame this on the day job, moving has made me essentially do the same thing I do for work, but for moving in my personal life. And I don't like it. And I really don't like it. And it's making me angry. It's turned me into, you know, managing projects, managing people and managing timelines. And I'm just like, I don't want to fucking do this in my personal life. There's a reason I got married. It's so she does it and I don't have to. Right. But no, so just kind of prepping for that. Um, what else? Uh, you got geez. two new gaming monitors, didn't you? I did. Because, you know, this, this office, I like, okay, I saw Jim's old one that he used to have and it was really cool he had like a nice room set up and he had the lighting and it was really sick and it inspired me to be like you know what i'm going to take some care and love into this office and boy this is going to be crispy like zestfully fresh it's going to be so sick i'm so excited so i got two new monitors to match they're the same one as my main currently um and they're just the curved versions so like it'll create like a nice curvature almost like around like a bubble curve screen. So that'll look cool. Um I'm trying to think of what else. Yeah, just all that stupid shit. And then getting ready for Thor this weekend. Got my tickets for that. Very hyped. Um Oh, there is something that we have to revisit. 
And this came up because my wife actually, you know, God bless her soul, does listen to our podcast. Unlike, you know, most people's wives probably don't even fucking listen to it if they create something like that. They're like, that's your thing. I don't care. It's not, I'm not interested. She listens because she actually thinks that this opening part we do is hilarious. We just shoot the shit and talk about stuff. She got really offended about something. And Dustin, you're going to agree with me. I may have to tell her, you know, we're on a break for a bit. Honey is her second favorite nugget sauce. <laughs> I was wondering where we're going with that. I'm like, what did I say? Um, well, I, I suppose she's wrong. And there's nothing that um, I can you say suppose. to... I have nothing really that I can say to change her mind other than maybe uh, she needs to get a palate cleanser, as James suggested that I get when I tried the nuggets. Um, because, coffee beans or some shit? <laughs> whatever it, it, it takes to help you understand that honey is not a viable dipping sauce for your nuggies. There are so many better options, like, like sweet and sour. Yes. Like, well, that is her favorite. That is her favorite. That's not. Oh, okay. One. Okay. Then, then no. I'm, I'm. I have less shade to throw at her now. If she is saying but, that, sweet, if she's admitting the fact that sweet and sour is the best one, then I have no issues here. Right. So I will also preface this. She's the type when if we get like, say, if we just need trashy pizza because we're running around and doing shit, we need something. We get pizza, pizza. She gets honey garlic as her dipping sauce for her uh, pizza and like the crust she loves honey garlic or honey flavor shit she eats honey mustard which to me is blasphemous because regular yellow mustard is god tier but like this is just goes but like and jimmy can also and people get confused because you call him james i call him jimmy so whatever same guy but this is just a laundry list of strikes against her of really bad takes we watched ghostbusters one day and she was like i mean they're okay I almost spit my food at her. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So when you say they're okay, are you referring to every Ghostbusters movie? The first two. Okay, the second one's trash. You bite your tongue. It's not a good movie. The first one's just even an okay movie. The only okay, so here's the good thing about Ghostbusters one, it's just Bill Murray was allowed to be Bill Murray. And yes. he just like and everything that he did was like improv. So it was actually comedic genius, just Bill Murray being Bill Murray. When they got a further away from that, it's not as good of a movie. No, they it, they were still just great viewing experiences. Just turn off the head and just sit back and enjoy. Vigo the Carpathian, that scene where he's taking pictures of him is fucking brilliant. Again, Bill Murray. But the other one is, like, we're sitting there and we're watching Seinfeld and she was like, I mean, okay. Like, it has a couple moments, but she was just like, whatever. And I just look at her and I just... I'm getting to the point where it's like, I don't know what to do with myself when she comes up. Like, I don't know if she's trolling me on purpose just to get a rise out of me. That's or... an interesting one. So Seinfeld, I feel like, has always kind of been divided men and women, though. I feel like at that time period, and maybe it was a few years later, it was like men gravitated towards Seinfeld and women gravitated friends. towards friends. Right. Is she, is she a big Friends fan? Massive Friends fan. Well, this is, this is the thing. So... I see what you're saying, and I see what you're trying to propose here, is that maybe you've made a mistake with uh, the honey and with the Ghostbusters <laughs> and with the Seinfeld and everything's starting to add up here, but I don't know. I think that's par for the course, if you will, that women generally just like friends more than Seinfeld. I don't know, man. It's just, there's, there, it's just she's just making a list here. She, in the words of Jericho, put her on the list. You just made the list. You just made the list, yeah. So, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, this house is really going to be the test. Seeing some of her design choices over time, we'll see how this goes. But yeah, that was uh, that that was kind of my week. I mean, it's kind of low key. It's kind of nice. What about you, big guy? Uh, on Friday, we had a surprise birthday party for my friend Ryan. We say we like I didn't do anything. I just showed up. <laughs> but uh, it was a surprise birthday party for Ryan, so that was cool. Waste a good surprise on him. Uh, oh, so yeah, the good surprise was wasted on someone else, and oh. I predicted this was going to happen. I said, I guarantee Steph, his wife, is going to walk through the door first. Hundred percent guarantee is going to happen, and sure as shit, first person to walk through the door was Steph, and we're like, "You planned this? Like, why <laughs> did you think it was a good idea for you to come through the door?" But uh, Ryan's a bit of a lollygagger, so he was. It was impossible for him for her to get him to go first, without it being like incredibly obvious, obvious of yeah. why it's happening so i get it from both sides uh so that was oh, friday yeah. and then uh saturday i went to see alex on fire at uh, montebello park in st Catharines. it's like your second time in two months yeah i saw them a few months ago i feel like we talked about it on this show it's like that's how <laughs> recent it's been that i've seen alex on fire i've seen them every time they come to town in some form or fashion so um that was a lot of fun there's it was cool because there's like so many people there that I know, like normally with Alexa on fire shows, typically Alexa on fire doesn't like to play big buildings. So they always end up playing at a small club, whether it's like the docks or, you know, now history or, uh, <laughs> well, maybe not that small, but you get the idea. Uh, so I suppose the last couple of years they've been doing a lot of Budweiser stage, but even then like a full capacity Budweiser stage is what? Like 3000 people. So, when Alexa on Fire tickets go on sale, it's like a fight to the death to try to get some of those tickets. And even then, like the only good ones at Budweiser stage is the floor. Or if you're not on the floor, I guess you'd want to be up in the lawn. I don't like having a seat for a concert like that. But in this situation, since it was like an open park and 10,000 tickets available, you're running into people left and right that you haven't seen in forever. So it was pretty cool in that sense that all of my friends were there and other people that I haven't seen in so many years were also there and it, it made for a really fun experience. That's sick. That's like Coheed for Jim and me though. Like Co every time Coheed typically comes to Toronto, we go. Um, I think it, how many times have we seen them? Like six or seven? Something like that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I feel you, man. Like when there's a band just vibe with, fuck it, go. You went to yeah, the wrong concert, though, buddy. You went to the wrong one. You should have been at Backstreet Boys because Drake went on I stage. I was just going to say, like, there was so much going on in the city this week, obviously, because it was Canada Day weekend and Memorial Day weekend and all that stuff. But yeah, Backstreet Boys were at Budweiser stage on the Saturday. And apparently, Drake showed up and the Jays had a doubleheader on the Saturday. And, you know, dude, I had that's how out of touch I am. I had no idea that the Backstreet Boys were even here. Like, that's that's how so far removed I am from, like, all of that. But I watched the video of, of Drake singing I Want It That Way and it made me realize like like that's a banger song. Like if you think about like in oh, the yeah. in the in the Hell yeah. In the history of pop music, like it's one of those ones that like when it comes on, like everyone belts it. Like it, it just has oh, that th hook. That one part where the music cuts and I can't remember who, is it AJ who fucking just screams the line I want it that way? Everyone hits that I don't. Mean, I don't know I if I want, want it that way is the one, or it's, it's I, I want to hear you say. Uh, 
Backstreet's back. It, like that's a that's become that's transcended into a level of fandom where you're at a wedding and that song comes on. That's it. Everyone's up. Every single yeah, person's but up. that but there What's are wedding bigger, songs. Though? There are wedding songs, but like I want it that way is a good song. Like in and of itself is a good song, and it will it will probably live for a very long time as. Um, like iconic songs of yeah that representative era. of an era do you know what i mean what's like, bigger bye 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 or backstreet's back that's really backstreet's backstreet's back I, I don't know so because here's the thing like bye 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 was probably nsync's biggest song yes or at least what launched them to be what they were and then justin timberlake went on to be a bigger star than all 10 of them or oh, nine of them combined right buddy, yeah. after that song and nsync took off I said, what, they did one more album? He literally gave them, like, double birds and said, fuck you, I'm going solo. And he became, arguably, one of the biggest pop stars for a while. Yeah, it was like when Shawn Michaels uh, threw Marty Jannetty through the glass window. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's exactly the same thing. (laughs) There's a piper in the coconut. exactly that. Yeah. Good Mm -hmm. reference. But yeah, no, like... I mean, I there's a lot of like bands or music where it's like when I was younger, I was like very, very close minded when it came to my music where it was like, if it's not this, it's trash. Right. In that kind of lane. And as I got older, it's like I've kind of got out of that a little bit. I mean, I just I originally started Twitter as a means to just shit talk Justin Bieber. Like literally, I tweeted once a day about how much I hated that fuck. And then now I'm like, yo, dude's actually really talented. I got to give it to him. Like the dude can the dude can hammer out bangers, good on him, and he represents the city, the teams, the shit like that. I I you know I got respect for it, and I don't know if that's like maturity with age or whatever. That's but, probably maturity, yeah. Yeah, and so it's just like I look back or on dementia. some stuff that I or dementia, yeah, or just the whiskey. But like, I will say this though, and I've said this to my wife, and it drives me absolutely nuts. Like it bugs me in a way. How fucking catchy K-pop is, man! Like it drives me nuts. All right, sports. (laughs) K-pop, no sports. Let's go. (laughs) No, but like we'll be sitting there because sometimes we watch Korean dramas on Netflix, you know, because some of them are entertaining and shit. And they have Vincenzo's fantastic show. Vincenzo's good. Yo, this was in episode one. This was in episode one. Yes, (laughs) I know. But like, I'm tapping my feet to that shit, and it it just it bugs me, and. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe it's age. Maybe, like you said, it's dementia. Who knows? Well, the, Who knows? The thing with Bieber that I think we can all appreciate is that he's good friends with Austin Matthews. He's uh, apparently the uh, good friend of the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, They're tipping, tipping their hat. Tipping their hat as to the future. Maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe the UFC production crew knows uh, something, that we, something that we don't. But. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot went on this weekend in the city with like Backstreet Boys and the Blue Jays and a plethora of other concerts. Plus, I, was, I went out to St. Catharines for that. Uh, so there's always something to do in the city of Toronto. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of athletes may look at Toronto as a destination for them to play. Where the conversation used to be, oh, they don't want to come up here because... You know, you got it sucks for the travel and having to go through customs and all this. Like every game's an away game because you're not in, you know, you're not in the United States, right? But I think it's been 
pretty clear just in what Kevin Durant has said in his life at times. He's a big fan of the city of Toronto. He's a big fan of Nick Nurse. And how many times has he said great things about Scotty Barnes? So it makes a lot of sense. And if you don't know where I'm going with this, Kevin Durant asked for a trade out of the Brooklyn, out of Brooklyn. And I know a lot of people are saying Phoenix is probably the front runner and probably makes the most sense. And then there's also Golden State that makes a whole lot of sense like where he, you know, he spent a number of years there and they just won the NBA championship. So if he is just chasing rings, that's a great place to go. But Toronto's in the conversation. So, the, so here's the thing. <laughs> and this came up last week as I was recording the Not After 30 podcast. So I'm on an upcoming episode of the Not After 30 podcast. And the question was posed to me, do you think Kevin Durant will end up with the Toronto Raptors? And I was emphatically saying no, because I don't think the Raptors would be willing to give up what Brooklyn's going to be asking for. And the comparison that I made was the trade that brought Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors, where the Raptors had to trade their best player in DeMar DeRozan, their most recent first-round first pick in Yakupotl. And if I recall correctly, I don't have the trade in front of me, but I believe there's a first-round pick in there as well. There may have been multiple first-round picks. But let, let's say there's just one. So if that's the baseline of what we're talking about, that's going to be Pascal Siakam, your best player on your team currently, uh, Scotty Barnes, your most recent first overall pick, or first round pick, excuse me, and then your next first round pick. So that's one scenario. I'll leave that with you, and I'll come back with more scenarios as we go. But would you be willing to make that deal, James or Maddie? Uh, Kevin Durant for Siakam, Barnes, and a first. Nope. Next. No. Um, nope. Yeah. Next. <laughs> it's a, those, those two aren't, those aren't equal. Like they don't sit on the same side of the or opposite sides of the equation because like Siakam and DeRozan. Yes. I think you can, you can equate them kind of one for one in that deal, but you can't equate Scotty and, and Pirtle as one for one as Scotty's current reigning rookie of the year. Um, and Pirtle, I don't think Pirtle was picked in the, was he picked in the top 10? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think so. Um, in any he, event, yeah. he was, so, he was the first, he has been a first round pick, I believe. I think he was. I can look um, that up as you're going, but I think he was the first round pick. But yeah, so I don't think those two necessarily equate from, from both sides. There, there's a, there's a universe where I would be okay. And not that my opinion fucking matters to Masai Jiri or Bobby Webster, but I would be okay with a Kevin Durant trade and it would have to involve only one of Siakam or OG, none of Scotty and do what you want with picks. Because at this point I think they have, you know, they don't like, you can say, well, well, you need to draft guys like Gary Trent's still young. He's still on entry level deal. Um, Scotty's still young. Uh, Fred's not young, young, but he's he's still like in his prime. Um, Boucher's still young, so like they've got pieces that are not like they're not an aging team. So I I think you can part with multiple first rounders. So if you were to like the way I would more approach it, would you trade Siakam? 
somebody else, another piece, like either a, a Gary Trent or, like, say, a Malachi Flynn and four first-rounders for two championships? Well, that, that's not – I mean, that's not necessarily fair. No, it's not a guarantee, but I, I'm going to say that this is your most likely path to two because Durant is not an expiring contract like Kawhi Leonard was. And you could reasonably argue that that puts them into title contention because they're going to keep one of, in that scenario, one of Siakam or OG. Scotty's going to continue to grow. You're not giving up Fred. And maybe there's a world where you keep Gary Trent somehow. I don't think so, but maybe there is. I don't know. But, you know, instantly you're, you're, you're in contention because you, you could say, well, shouldn't Brooklyn have been? Yes, but we have significantly less problem players on our team to to drag you down so you know i don't know and to confirm uh Podal was a first round pick ninth overall so he wasn't the top 10 yep. so yeah i mean we actually didn't give up a lot for Kawhi though they they didn't and it and you also have to consider danny green came back the other way yes. too right so it's Kawhi and danny green for derozan Podal and a protected first round pick in 2019 Correct. So that was right, a but again, for the Raptors, to be honest. Kawhi, Kawhi yeah. was also expiring. Or, so, yeah, also, he didn't. He wasn't going to play. Like he flat out didn't play for them the year before. Pretty much, he was. They knew he wasn't going to play for them, so they had to get the best they could for him. I mean, the only difference is here is Durant's term left and his, you know, his health. Like he's healthy to play. Granted, who knows how he looks after 10, 15, 20 games, but you, the Raptors, you know, arguably invented load management. So you could assume they would do that with Kawhi or uh, with um, Durant. But the thing is, is he's requested a trade. You know, he's not going to play for him. Teams aren't going to give you what you want for Durant, knowing that he'll just say, fuck you, I'll sit. Well, that's the thing. So that's an interesting point. If so, Durant has asked for a trade. There's nothing that says Brooklyn has to trade him. No. And he's no. under contract for another four years. But in the NBA, it's guaranteed money, right? So if he sits and says, I'm not playing, like, that's the thing. In the NBA, all the players have all the power. That's why these guys say, that's why when these guys say, deal me, they get dealt. Because the longer... <laughs> Unless the lo- you're uh, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> right? The longer it gets, it goes on. The less you're, but the difference with Kyrie is that you weren't going to get a lot for him anyway because he's such a fucking moron. So, well, th- also the difference was that he was he was asking for a sign and trade. So this is before he accepted his player option, right? And if he was going for a sign and trade, that means whoever acquired him was going to have to give him a seven year deal or whatever. Which I think most teams were like, Whoa, dude, no. we don't know. Yeah, well, we don't know. Year. Yeah. So now that he has picked up his player option, Kyrie could be now moved because. You're now moving a well, one-year expiring contract because teams are protected against his dumb brain, right? Long-term so, bullshit, right? Yeah. yeah, so for sure. But I mean, when you look at thinks the earth is a pancake. When you look at the people are like, so right now the Toronto Raptors are according to like odds makers, odds shark I think was one of them, plus two fifty to acquire Kevin Durant, which is second. Under right. the Suns, which I think are negative one fifty or negative one twenty, they're minus two hundred. Yeah, Something so the like Suns that. are the front runner and the Raptors are second. Here's the thing. What is going to have to go the other way from the Suns? The only piece that the Suns, I think, are actually, like, large piece that the Suns are willing to move would be DeAndre Ayton, right? 
all from from all reports is that the Nets aren't interested in Aiton. So what are they going to take back? Like Chris Paul's not going to get it done, right? Okay, so I, I see where you're, where you're going with this, and I agree with you. But I want to throw another scenario at you now. And I guess first the question is, would you rather have Kevin Durant on your team? Actually, let me rephrase that. What is the better player to have on your team? Kevin Durant or Rudy Gobert? Well, I mean, Kevin I Durant's probably the better player. They're different. Need. Yeah, they do it, different things. It is things. based on your team need, sure. But, but I, I, I think Kevin, it's Kevin reasonable Durant. to say that Kevin Durant is a future Hall of Fame player, and most teams would love to have Kevin Durant on their team. Gobert is a great piece to have on the deep defensive side. He's one of the best defensive, if not the best defensive player in the NBA. But Kevin Durant is a superstar player that is going yes. to sell you his... He's going to sell you his salary in jerseys alone. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying. They could offer the next 20 years of picks. Phoenix right. could, so, right? But, the, but they're going to... The Brooklyn's going to want a piece back. And what I'm saying is, I don't know that Phoenix has a piece that Brooklyn wants back unless they're well, going to do Devin I'm, Booker. Well, that's why I'm framing it with Gobert because the Gobert trade that happened a few days ago, Gobert goes to the Timberwolves and the Timberwolves send you know, four players. You got Malik Beasley... Patrick Beverly, Leandro Bomaro, Walker Kessler, five players, Jared Vanderbilt, right. plus five draft picks. So they sent a bench. Technically, the bench they technically basically sent the bench. They sent, they sent a bench plus a first, so 2023 first round pick, 2025 first round pick, 2027 first round pick, a protected 2029 first round pick. And since in the NBA, you can only trade four first round picks, there's a pick swap in 2026. Right. So, Five draft picks so. and five players for Rudy Gobert. So now the question is, do you think Phoenix could come up with that package of here's five picks, here's our entire bench, and bring in Kevin Durant? They could, but I think I honestly think Brooklyn wants something now in return because I think I still think they believe Ben Simmons is going to play. I think they believe with that... Who? <laughs> well, yeah. right? But I think they... Well, that's the thing. With who, right? Like, they're going to want pieces back so if you start thinking about that now go go from the list of of teams that could or would be interested in a kevin durant or that kevin durant even himself would be interested in the golden state warriors are not going to trade for kevin durant because they won without him they don't need him what like why would they give that up like that's that's not and they could arguably just run it back with the same team that's that's what i mean right again i don't feel like they need a kevin durant on that squad to solidify anything then you look at the Miami Heat. It's possible the Miami Heat could put together a package, probably centered around Tyler Harrow and some and some picks. But you know, again, does Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, do they want Kevin Durant in Miami? I don't know. Does Kyle Lowry go the other way? Like, I don't. I don't know what that looks like for Miami, right? Would Miami be interested? Possibly. Um, then who else? The Lakers aren't going to bring in Kevin Durant. They can't afford it. No. So, so here's the thing. And I, I understand what I understand what you're saying. Like, you want Brooklyn to. You think Brooklyn will still want to compete, and there's got to be something no, coming back. What I'm saying is, yeah. once you look at all the options, and you start eliminating them based on current situation, because even the even with Phoenix, it's gonna have to. I think part of it's got to be money in, money out, right? Because of the 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 way trades work in the NBA, you have to match salaries at some point. 
So I think when you look at teams who who like where Kevin Durant would be interested and where teams would be interested in Kevin Durant, you start whittling a, like the like ninety percent of the league is gone. Even teams that we we consider oh would they be like Golden State? Golden State has no fucking interest in Kevin Durant at this point. I don't think so. When you start looking at you know teams that because he's going to want to win too so teams that are playoff bound could contend could make salary work would be okay in giving up the pieces that they have going back that's why i think toronto's sorry what about the celtics see i don't think the celtics again i don't think they i mean it's possible but i don't think they have tatum and brown you know, like they're already good. They went to the finals. Like Kevin Durant could put them over the top, yes. But I, like, they're a team that I, I. There's no hump, I think, for them to get over. I mean, I do see what you mean, and like, I think, you know, the the short list of teams that have the pieces are willing to give up the pieces in a desired Kevin Durant deal. But I think back to what Dustin said: is Scotty Barnes is a non-starter. Like if we just zero oh. it on the Raptors, that's a no, that's a non-starter. And I had tweeted this last night, and I was like, if Brooklyn says starts that conversation or even sniffs that Scotty Barnes may be part of that deal, you hang up the phone, you say no parler français, anglais, you know, you don't fucking speak English. You change your number, you change your fax machine, you change your mailing address, and you block all their shit. You know, Scott, it's Scotty Barnes is too valuable of a piece now, and what he'll be in the future. Um, and obviously not saying he's going to be a Kevin Durant, but with that guy's attitude, his work ethic, his ability on the defensive side of the ball, which so many guys aren't willing to do, you know, at that star level and what he could potentially be offensively, that it's just, no, you don't do that. Now, Siakam and Ananobi, it can't be both of those guys for a couple reasons. One, you get rid of both of them, you're instantly taking away a piece that would put, probably play and be part of your starting five that you would need to support Kevin Durant. Because as we've seen, the dude can't do it on his own. He needs the pieces around him to succeed. You get rid of Siakam and Ananobi. Fred's a great, like a good point guard. I would say he's a top you know, 20 point guard in the NBA for sure. And then with the a second year of Scotty Barnes and then, you know, Gary Trent Jr. and Kevin Durant, like, I mean, Ananobi's probably your fifth starter. Or we also forget Otto Porter Jr. just came in. So, you know, how does he fit into all that too? That I just think you're giving up too much of what would bring Durant here. Yeah, and you don't want to change the culture completely because right now they're very dogged defensive sound team uh and you would need durant to buy in and to be honest i even think that if durant was entertaining the raptors i am pretty sure he'd say like he's been so complimentary of scotty burns i don't know that he would want scotty to go the other way i think he would want to come here to play with scotty like i think that's part of the allure for him um because he was overwhelmingly complimented like almost like he they matched on tinder like that's how complimentary of scotty he was this year uh i just again and i think that's why the conversation keeps circling 
the Raptors is because when you take all the things necessary to make it work, you cut out a lot of those other teams that are in the conversation. And then you're left with two or three teams where all the boxes can be checked off. Not whether they should be, not whether they will be, whether they can be checked off. And Toronto is one of those teams that can check off the boxes, right? All of them. So I agree with you. And I think that's why Toronto is currently number two on the list of teams that are likely to land Durant in a trade. I agree. They are a good trade partner, but the way I see this end up going, I think the Phoenix deal if they do a similar deal to the Rudy Gobert trade, and I don't know who the players will be in this situation, but let's say they acquire a bench from the Suns or Durant and a ton of picks. And then, and so I'm trying to make it make sense for Brooklyn. Like if, why would Brooklyn do this instead of going to the Raptors and getting whatever the Raptors can give them? If you get a bench for Durant and then you take Kyrie and you flip him to the Lakers for Westbrook, and then you go out and get James Harden as a UFA. Then all of a sudden you're sitting with Simmons, Harden, and Westbrook. Now, obviously, Westbrook and Harden aren't the guys they used to be. But maybe together again they can be. You pair with Ben Simmons. You have a, a deep bench now because of the Phoenix trade. I think there's a creative way there that makes sense for Brooklyn. So I don't think it's a slam dunk Toronto is your number one option. I think there are more creative things they can do. I think this is going to have to be a multi-team trade in some way with like going to LA to get some pieces and going to Phoenix to getting some pieces and, and maybe from Golden State as well. Like there's, there's going to be a number of teams involved in this deal. I, I don't see it just being Durant to Toronto for, you know, Malachi Flynn in a pick. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be that simple and I'm not suggesting you're saying it's that simple, but I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts into this deal. If it does in fact happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I mean, you know, I'm just looking at the Suns' payroll. You actually, there, there are some pieces they could part with that make sense from a salary perspective. Um, Mikhail Bridges, uh, you know, he's going to make twenty million next year. Um, Jay Crowder makes ten. Uh, Dario Saric makes nine point two. So there are guys that they could package together to make it work. So. Again, it's whether Phoenix has interest, like you said as well. Like, I mean, we don't know what they're going to get for Aiton. If if Brooklyn's not interested in Aiton, can they parlay Aiton into other pieces that to them look more attractive than Kevin Durant? Do you know what I mean? The, like dominoes have to fall. You know, if Aiton comes here, what if Aiton comes here for OG, and they feel like, oh, we got OG and somebody else, and and three first round picks. Maybe Phoenix is happy with that, and that that's where they put them. And then we're happy because we got that crash and bang center that we want, right? I don't, I don't know. And then, and then Brooklyn's now stuck, right? Then, then they have no trade partner. So, I don't know. It's gonna be, it'll be interesting. I don't think it's gonna get done in the next week. But no, that I think that drags out for a bit. One, because I think Brooklyn's going to try and weigh everything that they can get, try and maximize. But it's a it's a tight line because you get to a point where teams are going to be like, are we doing this or not? And then you have the longer you wait, the more they're going to back out and say, well, fuck you. We have other plans we got to make. If this isn't going to happen, we have to go with 
you know, other free agents or other trade avenues that we can look at making our team better. And then you instantly start then if other teams get win that it's down to just one or two teams, then, you know, your offer starts to dwindle in terms of your return. Okay. So let me pose this question. Oh, wait, go ahead, Dustin. Then I'll pose it. No, go ahead. I was going to say, as a Toronto Raptors fan, do you want Kevin Durant here? I think that's the question that everyone needs to answer because um, I, I, I'm not sure. Do I want the best of Kevin Durant? Yes. But do I want to pay for a guy to sit on the injured list and not play all year for the next four years? Because oh, what, I mean, what if we struggle as much as I and he checks out? Right. So, and again, like I, who knows what situations were? I know things in Brooklyn were messed up. Um, and he, but he's had a series of injuries and he's 34 years old. And look, I mean, he's younger than I am. So it's not like I'm saying he's an old man, but in he's sports a, age, he is in, I mean, in terms of sports, in terms of basketball, where and he's you know had some pretty serious injuries. Well, two Achilles injuries, no? Um, at least at least one, but yeah, it could have been two. I, I don't remember exactly if it was two or not, but like either way, an Achilles injury is horrendous. In basketball, Especially yeah. for a guy his size who plays the game that he plays. Yeah. So I don't know what Kevin Durant has left. I don't know what type of player he still is currently and what he will be in the 2022-2023 season. So it's hard to say. Like, I... I I guess it's going to all come down to what the package is that goes the other way. If the Raptors are losing Scotty Barnes, as you guys have already said, like if the, if the conversation has Scotty Barnes in it, the answer is 100% no. If the conversation has OG in it, I'm still not happy about it, but I feel better about it. But ultimately, if the Raptors can come out of this and still have Pascal, or maybe not even Pascal, if they still have Van Vliet, Barnes, and Trent, I think they're okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I the only thing between losing both OG and Siakam is that the Raptors didn't have a bench, and they need to have a little more depth there. I I think Siakam makes the most sense because I think you're you're replacing one for one in terms of what they give you from a scoring perspective. They don't necessarily play the same game, but I think from a contribution perspective, I think you're you're getting the same. I think, I mean, obviously Durant's the the better player, which is why you'll have to give up more than just the Siakam, but in terms of spot and scoring options, I mean, Durant immediately becomes number one on the floor, right? So I just think who's, the issue the Raptors had last year, like you said, is no bench, and they ran Siakam and Van Vliet into the ground, and you definitely can't do that with Durant, and right. Van Vliet can't go through another season like that so you know one you hope Otto porter helps you know bringing him in two does malachi flynn can he take another step to take minutes away from fred i mean i don't know but that's the thing there's a like there's this kid they just drafted yeah nurse didn't didn't trust flynn at all when freddie was hurt like he played siakam at guard (laughs) <laughs> before before he played Flynn at times, right? So mm-hmm. it's Nurse is very picky and maybe that's maybe that Durant likes Nurse is a good sign, but like like Maddie's saying too, like 
they need to find ways to take minutes away from their starters and getting Durant's not going to help that because you're going to give up pieces to do that. So then now you're, now you're in Kyle Dubas territory doing bargain hunting in the NBA, which can sometimes prove not so bad, but I don't know. I think it's, it's different than Kawhi, man. Kawhi was a workhorse and he was kind of like the last piece. We didn't give up a bench. We didn't give a, you know, we had backfills on the team. We had like, mm, this is different. Like you can't compare the two. And I, I hope people don't look at it as like, Oh, this is the, this is the next Messiah move to bring a title. I don't, like I know I said we gonna trade for two championships, but now I think about it. Like if he goes down, like you cripple. If if both OG and, and Siakam go one way, they're crippled. If Durant goes down. Yeah. So no, I agree. Well, one person who's gonna be super busy over the next week is uh Rich Kleeman, who is the uh agent for Kevin Durant. I'm sure he's gonna be fielding all sorts of calls for the next little week and try to navigate this disaster. Um, hopefully, if someone does make the Nets an offer for uh, Kevin Durant, he'll actually present this offer to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, which is which is not something we can say about Casey Close, who is... Okay, so... <laughs> I'm going to try to be careful with this one, because I still don't know all the facts of this, and I'm trying to get all the facts as I go. Yeah, we, we were looking at this just before we started, and there's a lot of gray area on this one. So, yeah, so this story broke a uh, little... I'd say about Wednesday last week. And it w- broke by Doug Goldlieb. And I don't know if I'm saying that right. Doesn't matter. I think he's with Fox Sports. I don't know if I'm, Yeah, he's with Fox Sports Radio. And his tweet says, Casey Close, who is the agent of Freddie Freeman, never told Freddie Freeman about the Braves' final offer. That is why Friedman fired him. Excuse Friedman. <laughs> that is why Freeman fired him. He found out in Atlanta this weekend. It isn't that rare for for it to happen in Major League Baseball, but it happened. Close knew Freddie would have taken the Atlanta deal. Okay, so that is what uh, Doug from Fox Sports Radio said. And however, uh, about the next day or so, Casey Close, the agent of Freddie Freeman, came out and said, there's no truth whatsoever to what Doug Gottlieb, Gottlieb, recklessly tweeted and i would testify to that under oath he told sports illustrated tom verducci in a statement we are currently evaluating all legal options in this matter so they're pissed uh i think it was excel is the name of the company that uh casey close works for that represents freddie freeman uh they're not happy about this that came out that what and so we're not entirely sure if this is true or not this is what has been reported by fox sports radio that Freddie Freeman was offered a contract by the Atlanta Braves and allegedly, according to, uh, I've already lost his name, the dude, Doug uh, according to Doug from Fox Sports Radio, allegedly the offer was not shown to Freddie Freeman because, well, I don't know if because, I, I, it's speculation. The offer is not shown to Freddie and Freddie then went on to sign with the LA Dodgers. So now if we try to like piece this together, if this is to be true. And so a lot of people, so also off the top of this, uh, Doug Gottlieb says that Freeman fired his agent. 
I haven't found anywhere else online that says Friedman has actually fired his agent, Casey Close. Um, I am under the assumption, as the last thing I've read is that, and I think it's from Freeman himself, where he said they are okay. So here it is: Freddie Freddie Freeman, who has told friends he's angry with how his free agency negotiations played out, is changing representation away from Excel. He is currently listed as being self-represented. So that doesn't necessarily mean he has fired Excel yet. That doesn't necessarily mean that Close is no longer working with Freddie Freeman. It looks like they are in position to perhaps change agencies and perhaps change agents. Nah. But as it's we done. know right now, so I'm just, so what I'm, my, the reason why I bring that up is we don't know for a fact he's even fired this agent. And no, even, he, did. And he did. He had, you want to know how I know? In Excel's statement, in closest statement he did not say freddie remains a client of ours and we committed to none of that so there's right. no reiteration that freddie's his client which if if he is your client you make a say freddie's still my client i work with freddie every day there's none of that so he's 100 percent gone he's he's close to being unemployed that's what he is so he says that they, they, they communicated to freddie but what Doug is saying is it wasn't communicated how close Atlanta was. So I wonder if he, if Freddie had a number that he wanted from Atlanta and Atlanta got really close. And, but, and, and this agent was like, nah, it's not Freddie's number. And Freddie was like, no, nah, I would have taken that to stay in Atlanta. Yeah. I think that's what most people are assuming what happened here is that there was a number that was provided to Excel, supposedly, that was not as high as the number that Freddie would eventually sign in LA. But the wisdom is that Freeman would taken. have signed that, would have signed that, even though it was less money, he would have signed that to stay in Atlanta. So, two schools of thought here. One, he did right by his client in getting him the best price. Or... Like he saved him from himself. He said, listen, they're going to give you a $150 million deal, but I can get you $162 million in LA. Whereas you can also look at it as he didn't do right by his client because his client wasn't only and solely motivated by money. He wanted to stay in Atlanta. But don't you think that as the client-agent relationship that he would have known that? That he would have known that Freddie's heart would have been in Atlanta. So even if it got close, that he should have been like, hey, I know this isn't the number we discussed. I know your heart's here. This is what they're offering. Do you want to take that? Because I know I can get you like 165 in LA. And then that's you have that conversation. And I'm also pretty sure, and I'm not sure how this works for agents, but I know for, you know, in corporate law that you le- if you make any kind of offer when it comes to um between i guess you know plaintiff and defendant and shit like that you legally have to tell your yeah, client you are required to communicate that to your client right like it's so, literally your job <laughs> yeah like you like you even if it's the smallest bullshit offer you're you have an legal obligation to to disclose that um, so I don't know where that falls in. I don't know if maybe there's different rules for that. But again, like you said, agents' whole purpose is to serve their client, yes, but to serve them by maximizing their earning potential. And that's not just for the player, because the players also are 
peer pressured and have an obligation to the MLBPA, the NHLPA, the NFLPA to maximize the return as well to push salaries up for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? So by taking that less money, he could have been like, you're not only hurting yourself. I get it. You just want a World Series here. You love Atlanta. You want to stay. You're hurting the other player base because a player of your caliber taking less money for this sets a bad precedent or a bad image for the rest of the league and the way that general managers and owners negotiate with their players. So now in saying that, 100% fireable offense. 100%. Because for me, if I looked at this and you know, a couple of people who know this is like it was my desire and dream job to become a sports agent that you're not just an agent, you have to become their friend. You have to become like an extension of the family or even part of the family because you're not just serving them for their financial interest. They have shit that goes on that they maybe can't talk to their family about. They have other stuff that you need to be an ear and a shoulder and someone to be there as a support Trust. structure, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I think Jerry Maguire showed that best. You know, as much as it's a movie, I think it's very accurate with how you have to be as an agent that, yes, you're trying to get them their best contract and secure them, not just financially now, but long term, uh, whether it comes to money up front or the amount of years you can get. Or but man, or your, like, your that's boy a Ari, huge betrayal. Or your boy Ari Gold and Entourage, right? Like, yeah, this is every, the Vinny Chase situation. Everything was about him putting even so that's the difference you look at like and again it's fiction but you look at the way they presented Ari and Entourage where there were times where it was not going to be in the financial interest of Vincent or the you know short term interest of even Ari but he had to relinquish because it was what Vince wanted and ultimately created a better big picture situation for for Vince and I feel like you know again I think you can just read between the lines here if you look down the the whole timeline of this you know even Anthopolis being asked about the negotiations with Freddie he's like we were we were active we were talking we were we had offers I believe that was the last thing he kind of said on it uh the beginning of the season um the last offer that Freeman was made by Atlanta supposedly was 140 million over six years and that he declined and he so So, my guess is they got to 150 that's what i'm guessing too it was probably also six years 150 divided by six is 25 million a season um he is currently making 168 over eight so 21 million dollars a season yeah so my guess is he probably got 150 over six and he would have been making more per season, but less long term. Yes. And the agent probably said, you know, you're still not in the ballpark. Sorry. Didn't even approach Freddie and Freddie would have taken it. Maybe the agent forgot to do the math per year and didn't even realize that his client would make more money. But, you know, read between the lines. There's no there's no statement from Freddie saying, hey, guys, that's not what went down. I heard everything. Just a, a shitty situation. Nothing. Like, that's very telling. Freddie's not supporting. Yeah, I, I think that's an important point is that Freeman hasn't said this is a misunderstanding. He's literally like making it known that he did not know about this contract. So maybe uh, 
Excel can say, we presented it to him and maybe it went to his junk folder or something. Maybe he never saw it. Maybe yeah. they have an email trail saying, we I sent this it. email. He changed his number. But if Freddie if Freddy is saying that he never saw it, I mean, maybe both things can be true. Yeah. Well, maybe it came into the office and it went to the agent specifically that works with Freddie and then he saw it and was like, nope, so you're not close. So maybe that it got seen by the higher ups and whatever and they gave it to this guy and said this offer is what came in you weren't around we got it and here presented to freddie and he looked at it and was like nope not in the ballpark kind of to himself and said that to atlanta you know and so essentially right, this one guy fucked it all it, up it wasn't soon after where the a's just said whatever and they went and signed matt olson to eight years 168 million so mm-hmm. Or That's what if, another another point where maybe they tried to give it to Freddie. Maybe they were in the process of getting it to him when they realized we're running out of time here. We need to move. And they moved on to Matt Olson. Oh, what if it was even like, here's here's six by 150. And the agent just in that moment was like, can you get to 155? And they were like, not. And, they, and then Atlanta walked. And Atlanta was just done. And there wasn't even the time to present. You know what I mean? Like... Right. Instead of taking the offer back, they tried. To, he tried to negotiate in that moment, and then Atlanta walked. Which well, this is the kind of shit that loses you clients, not just Freddie and gets you fired from Excel, but players will be like, "Fuck you!" Right, you know, and that's what I mean. Error on the side of taking every, like you said, just take every offer back before you try and, and play games, like. Well, you take the offer back, and then you, you lay it out. You talk to them about it. You say, "This is the offer." I understand your hearts here. I can probably get you more in LA because they're creeping up at around 158, 160. If we go another year, shorten the yearly salary, but add term to it, they'll come up in total dollars, right? He's like, what do you want to do? And at that point, you just, you be a sounding board for him. You lay out the facts that are presented and you be a sounding board and, you know, he asks questions and you kind of be bias free as much as you can in dealing with as much money. And I think we also have to remember that. Oh my God, Freddie Freeman's only making $168 million. Like, fuck, it's so like asinine that it's this much money and you know we're talking about guys being upset. But at the same time, I think seeing how emotional Freddie was in his return to Atlanta, the presser, how he couldn't go out right away and then going out to the field, I think there's so much here that says this agent fucked up that it's not a miscommunication that he just royally fucked up is apparently obvious who who's who does this guy have his clients that's a good point <laughs> probably less today than he did three days ago <laughs> and that's, it'd be interesting to see if a whole bunch of his clients have all of a sudden dropped off and like quietly you know boy that's a good segue to another story but i'm gonna put that one in my pocket but well, here actually yeah quick quickly if you want to know quickly who they have in talent they have Eli Manning, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas. But is that in the overall agency? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's in the agency. That's not necessarily represented by this particular agent. Yeah. Well, they got Clayton Kershaw. They've got George Springer. Yeah, so this yeah. isn't a small agency. Like These no. guys, theoretically, know what they're doing. And, well, again, you, you could argue they did the right thing by getting them more money. Yeah, like their their talent list is pretty pretty big. 
you know, when yeah. it comes to baseball, it definitely looks like it's their bread and butter. I mean, football, well, they got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, like Jimmy said, Eli. Looks like they got like Jason Tatum, maybe. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, Excel Sports, they're obviously big. You know what I mean? They're they're very big. Um but yeah, I don't think you as an agent in this firm, unless you're one of the top earners there, this can be overlooked. Any other job you get fired for this. For something even close to this. So unless this dude's, you know, bringing in 30% of the revenue for this agency per year. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking that's tough, man. Well, it I think we can agree it's definitely a it's def- someone screwed up somewhere. <laughs> and I'm not sure exactly who to pin the blame on. I know everyone's trying to pin it on the agent and he will contest that it's not him, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Imagine it was some fucking intern. Okay, so I mean, who, who who currently are had been represented by close includes Kershaw, Granky, Derek Lee, Ben Sheets, Michael Kadire, Josh Hamilton, Eric Milton, Kenny Lofton, Richie Sexton, and apparently three days ago, also Derek Jeter defended close. Yep. In this. Yeah, but so, Derek Jeter's on the other side now. True. That's a good point. True. So, so is Jeter talking as an owner or is he talking yeah, as a player? player? Yeah. Guys flip those hats real quick. Like you see former players who go into management and, or it's, you really see it when former players go into media, you know, that now they have to be on the other side and prying guys for information and shit like that. It's you flip that hat real quick. Well, I'm sure we'll see where this ends up. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, close uh, I'm sure, in, I, I'm in sure this will be a story line. that we talk about for weeks to come and a story that we've been talking about for weeks and weeks it feels like is the very poor umpires in Major League Baseball and supposedly that may be coming to an end soon supposedly so this is according to Jeff Passan on ESPN or Passan at I mean, I see his name all the time. I've never heard anyone say it. So Do you like the Woj of baseball? Or yeah. like <laughs> yeah, the Bob is. McKenzie of baseball? Yes. Okay. So uh, there's an interview with uh, Jeff Passan on ESPN with uh, Robert Manfred, the uh, commissioner of Major League Baseball. And the quote that's been floating around is, uh, so this is Passan's words. He tells me, in terms of more certain than he has laid out publicly before, that he fully supports revamping the game with pitch clocks, the elimination of the shift and in 2024, some form of robo umpires. And also what's interesting to note is that according to the new CBA that was signed this past off season, Manfred can unilaterally change the rules one season after giving the union notice. So he doesn't need the players union to sign off on any of these changes. He can just do it. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, Fucking thank God. And I know a lot of people were on the, but it's the sanctity of the game and having the umps. And I was kind of on that. I'm like, look, it's hard. I get it. A ball's coming at you 98 miles per hour. You have a face in front of you. You have like a guy's ass in your face. And then you have another guy's ass in your face on your left or right. And you have stadium light. There's a bunch going on. 
don't get me wrong. It's not lost on me how difficult calling balls and strikes in the MLB is. I'm very aware of that. But it's been like historically and atrociously bad to the point where, you know, fucking little Timmy, you know, on sitting out in left field watching the game could make these calls better than some of these umps. It's been so bad. And I know I joked in our Discord earlier, like, have the umps been so bad because they've known this is coming? Or they've hinted that this is coming. So like, you know what? Fine. Fuck you. We're just going to fuck with the game. If we're going to get, if you're going to get rid of some of us, fuck it. We're going to fuck over your game and make the league look like a joke. Right. But this needs to happen in some form, whether it's a hybrid situation where, you know, it's, you have a couple guys on the field and then maybe one, the ump is still back there, but he gets a buzzer in his ear saying ball, strike, ball, strike, you know, sure. It might, cause a delay in the call by an extra two seconds but we also know that these fucking guys like to showboat and be like strike three right so fuck them no this needs to happen they're a joke i don't think i I feel like it should have been the opposite where if the umpires knew this is potentially coming you would have thought it would have made them do their job better to like kamikaze self-preservation right but I don't think it's going to take any extra time. In fact, I think it might be faster. Like, you see it on the television broadcast. Like, the, you see the square or the rectangle. The ball goes in the rectangle. If it touches the line or inside the line, one goes on the scoreboard. We move on. Like, nothing needs to happen. I don't, but I'm curious, like, what they, how they're implemented, though. Like, if it is going to be an umpire, like a robot umpire behind the plate or whatever, are, is it, are there going to be a sound that's played? Like in the arena, or like for the players can hear that, like that's a strike or that's a ball. Or like, are they gonna have to continually look over at the scoreboard to see if it's a ball or a strike? There's, like, too, there's too many plays close at home that you still need a physical body there. I think with the introduction of the pitch comms, I think they'll just do the same thing with the umpires. There's right. gonna, right? So the guy will be back there because you're gonna need a guy to make the main call for a check swing. They can petition down to first or third, fine, but that guy could say, strike and then or ball and or uh, no swing and then just go down to first or third also two pipe plays at the plate when it comes to safe not safe yes we have replay and they can go back and review it but that initial call needs to be made by somebody so i think it's a hybrid model the, the problem with umpires is not it's the same thing as politicians they're too old and they're just Simmons too old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there should be an age cap on being an umpire. They're all like 60, 70, 80, it feels like. And you're trusting these guys to make visual split second calls. Like, logically, that doesn't make any sense. Your point, it's actually funny because pregame when they're exchanging lineup cards a lot of the guys bust out glasses to read the lineup card right. and then they go behind the plate that, that's what i'm straight. saying these guys are in there with their fucking bifocals trying to read the lineup cards and now they then they assume the position behind the plate it like that's the problem and just nobody's nobody's ready to say that because it's ageist but i'll say it they're too old like you can't trust these guys to make those kinds of calls but if you're gonna go roboomp just give them (laughs) give them glasses that have the strike zone uh glasses yeah yo 
if you're with this new deal Apple has with the MLB, it'd be a great opportunity for them. They're like, here's technology to have like a shield in front of their fucking umpire mask thing that is like AR that will show them the balls and strikes coming down yeah. from the feed. It's That's a sponsored thinking. by Apple. Augmented reality, bud. That's the yeah, way to do it. That'd be great if Apple had that technology, though. They do. Well, they're working on the Apple Everybody, Glass. Dude, that has Yeah, they're it. working on it, but like they're working on things that it's Microsoft there. and Google have had for years. Dude, okay, it's there. Okay, but you know they can do it. You know they have it. If, if the MLB was like, can you make this for us? They'd be like, they would hand it to them tomorrow. Like, that's... It, they, this stuff is not outside of the realm of being no. produced overnight. So, if, if oh, they no, say, I, I, yeah. I understand the technology exists. Like, I could go and buy a pair of sunglasses that do that for me today. I'm just saying it's not an Apple product. Right. No, but, but it could yeah, be. But they've, like Jimmy said, they probably have it sitting there prototyped in some way that if they had more incentive, like if the MLB comes to them and says, can you guys do this? We'll slap more Apple ads everywhere. We'll give you more games. We'll do this as a trade-off plus a little bit extra money kickback or cost less for the rights for MLB games. They'd be like, done. It's yes, not even that. But... It it's the technology. It, it, that, that, that stuff doesn't matter. The technology exists. You just take piece A, piece B, mash it together, done. Like it doesn't... It doesn't That's matter not how that works. Yeah, it is. You it have literally to apply. is how no, it works. Not. Dude, you have to apply for patents. You have no. to get it tested. No, they no, already you have don't, that. What, you don't no, have to no, get it tested because is, the technology is already tested and approved. It exists. It's like it's like when they have it's like when they make an Apple Watch that has the heartbeat sensor. Like heartbeat sensors existed for a millennia. Like you don't need you don't like hmm how are we gonna measure a heartbeat on someone's wrist for this new apple watch like that's not what they do they know how to do that they just put that in the stupid thing that's what i'm saying like all these things that that you need to make that happen exist you just put a b and c the, together the, the, to make a patent, new item the patent would come from either proprietary technology which a lot of this isn't necessarily proprietary at the moment or would come with a specific build of said model so like if the if apple does it in such a way that eliminates the gap that google had the problem with or with microsoft hololens yeah if there's an yes, iteration that takes time yeah. the thing is though if they've been working on it for so long they already own the patent there's been rumors that the apple glass is coming for like the past year and a half two years right i think you guys are focusing on the patent too much what i'm trying to say is <laughs> once you have that established you still have to go through rigorous testing of a product before you can bring it to market. So the fact that this product doesn't exist yet means it hasn't been tested yet. Or perhaps it's in the middle of testing right now. The The point is, you can't just throw this on an umpire's face and say, do it, because all of a sudden they're like retinas burn off and then Apple is sued for billions of dollars. So right. all but, I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is that simple. The, right, but what I'm saying is the technology out there. The technology to do that safely exists now, so it's not going to burn anyone retinas off because people are using it now. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they use the Google version now, and they use the Microsoft version now. Right. So the patent only okay. needs to exist if they iterate on that or they do something different. No, but it's like saying Apple's going to build a car tomorrow. It's like, oh, they don't need to like put it through like any testing or check their safety of their product. No, but because, we also have to because cars are safe already. They don't need to test these things. No, but we also have to remember the fact that they gave a timeline saying by 2024. Right. Who's to say that the initial rollout of a robot ump in how I presented it as a hybrid model doesn't come and then they say, here's our plans. This is already being worked on. Like you said, you know, there's cars that are probably being looked at and tested right now in shops that we're not going to see for another year and a half, whether it's new yeah. technology in the system. 
they're probably going exists. through all that shit. Yeah. The Empire tech has already been probably worked on and being utilized by whatever company and tested to a degree, whether they're getting uh, NCAA umps, whether they're getting AAA umps, AA umps, whoever. They probably have these guys in a back room signed to NDA. It's up the ass testing this shit for the past yeah. year and a half. And I, I hope I mean, you're right. Any, but any I think company, you're giving Major League Baseball way too much credit. Maybe, but I think any company charged with this, I think I think what the the big idea, and I think we're focusing too much on the specifics, is yeah. that if any company were approached to deliver this, like when I say tomorrow, that's hyperbole, but they were like, we need this from you. No company's going to be like, well, that's a challenge. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, there, this is something that could be hand delivered relatively quickly. I don't believe that there's a lot of hurdles when the technology for this stuff already exists, which is why... And by the way, my idea for like a HoloLens was like, that's that's just an idea. Like, I don't know if that's the thing. Oh, I know. We, but, we went way too down the rabbit hole of something that was very that, hypothetical. But to but me, like that it. would be the best solution is an AR that, like you said, because the home plate umpire is going to need to still call plays at the plate, blah, blah, blah. But something that is tied to something that everyone else can see. So you can't be a fucking moron with it. You know like what I mean? Said, or, pretty, that's why I think it's an umpcom. Or, or you hold umpires accountable. That's the other piece. If you fuck up, you don't get work. Like, that's the other piece. And maybe you'll call games better and stop trying to hold your, well, this is how I'm calling the game and I'm blah, blah. No, like if you called it a ball before and you were wrong, don't call it a ball again. Or if you call it a strike before you're wrong, don't to, to, to maintain, well, it's what I'm seeing. No, just call it right. And if they're wrong, they need to be suspended. Like they have to solution. have, they have to have like a percentage of like 85% or you're sitting for a month or something because there's no repercussion. Umpire stands two feet back further from the catcher and the batter. You put a iPad in the ground. There's your monitor. Yeah, that's part of it. You can it's do that. wired direct. It's wired directly to whatever we see on TV in the same way, shape, or form. Maybe it's a little bit more robust for the league. It's direct feed from whatever AI and tech is making the balls and strikes. You put that in the ground. They look at they look at the pitch. They then they look down right away. They have their thing where they think it's one thing. They can then confirm and then they call a ball a strike. You can even have. Uh, like I said, live ump with his judgment there, the iPad on the ground, and an ump calm. And it's but not even have to be flat. It could be on an but echo. I don't even Get think, them an echo show. I Listen, I'm all for whatever makes whatever this shit is this year better. But I, I honestly don't think they need... I think they just need to have standards. <laughs> the problem is they don't have standards. They don't have age standards. They don't have scoring standards for their accuracy percentage. There's nothing. Well, they do. Dude, it's like... No, I they're not enforcing them if they do. That's like, no, that's the problem. They have the standard, but they don't look at it with any adherence to it. Like I could walk on the field tomorrow and be a home plate ump. Like you put ump shirt on me, and I, I just who are you, uh, Angel? They'd be like, okay, let's like, just make up some name, and they would just okay, and they would just put me behind the plate. I think this is indicative though of a lot of sports. Though I, for some reason, it just feels like this has been the year in all sports where the refing has been truly terrible. And that goes for football. 
that goes for because we can all say you know there's how many football games per year between how many teams and how many calls and plays that are made but let's look at the dallas cowboys that fucking um potentially cost another play for the cowboys what right what's the correlation between active social media users and like i would wonder if you could draw like people engaged with the game versus piss poor calls and i wonder if it's more people being aware of them and then talking about them and then elevating them as a problem as opposed to them just not like having been better in the past like i wonder if you know we talk about carrie frazier's horrendous game to this day but it's not like the entire world was like oh my god nhl refs because they there was no community to communicate and elevate that you know what i mean so i wonder if do the leagues like this because it's also an odd way of promoting the game like you have engagement sure it's negative on shitting on your refs and your officiating but at the same time like the old adage is there's no such thing as bad pr yeah people are talking right i don't know people are talking about your sport and so then people are watching and then the next time they see doug eddings is umping a game between the jays or for the jays everyone's gonna tune in be like what let's watch this fuck ump again so that's the thing right like in in sports like we talked about before in like even with the live golf thing right everybody loves a villain like there's good guys, bad guys. Like Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. Like everyone loves a villain. Phil Mickelson is now a villain, and villains sell money, right? I will but, say, watching him at the U.S. Open was absolutely fucking hilarious. And if he right. decides to go to the Open Championship and shoot a plus it. nine again, I'm gonna be so happy. <laughs> you want to watch him fail now, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. It's it's pro wrestling 101. The money's in the chase. Right, it's it, and it's the same across any sport. Every everybody needs a villain. Why did why does everyone get so hyped up when Rugnet Odura comes back to Toronto? Still, even though none of those players play for this fucking team, and Odura is barely a major leaguer and plays on. What does he play? Texas? No, he plays uh, Baltimore. Right. Odura's the Baltimore now. Yeah. Yeah, and nobody cares about that team because everyone wants a villain. So yeah, maybe I don't know. That's kind of a stretch. I think it's I think it's more embarrassing than anything. Any day, anytime I have to grind out some XP in MLB The Show, I always play a nine-inning game against the Orioles. So you can just hammer Odor. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, so I just, I just end up winning the game like 20 nothing and build up a whole bunch of XP for all the players I'm working on XP for. But anytime Odor comes to the plate, I beam a fastball at his head every single time. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm up 20 nothing. Like, who cares? I'm just going to beam him every single time. There you go. <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, I think, James, I think you made a good point where it's like the accountability just isn't there for these umpires. And Bring a statement. Uh, so, so-and-so has been suspended for three games for not having an accuracy level of 85% over their last 10 games. Or his, yeah, like, Done. Or to say that he's had a whatever rating and blah, blah, blah. You know? It's not and hard. Some... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we want to go too much onto this topic, but I'm watching this Blue Jays game as we're recording, and my God, those hats are horrendous. Oh, horrendous. these are the Fourth of July hats. This is the Independence oh, Day hats. Horrendous. Yeah. They are bad. Like I know, like I'm Canadian, and I'm like a lot of people are probably like, "Well, you're not supposed to like them." It's like, no, they are fucking bad. I, I would have preferred any sense. I would have yeah, preferred your Canadian team. Well, not even that. It's just it doesn't look right i mean so here's the thing if if the blue jays have to wear a red white and blue hat on 
Independence Day? How come the rest of the league didn't have to wear a red hat on Canada Day? What's the difference? Touche. Just, I don't know. I wonder if there's a whole bunch of people are just not going to wear the hat and be like, I don't stand for America and I'm going to wear my own hat. Well, especially after today and the shit that continues to go on down there. Well, I I was just, you're right, but I was more talking about like the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen where they didn't (laughs) want to wear their rainbow jerseys and just chose to wear whatever the fuck they wanted. I think uh, this would be. I think this would be more accurate, though. Be like, like you said, like what's going on today and what's going on in the rest of the United States currently and frequently. Like, I think this would be a meaningful protest to say, "I'm not wearing this American flag hat. I wear my own Blue Jays hat because fuck this place. This is ridiculous." And that would be a lot more. <laughs> I was going to say that'd be a lot more useful of your protest, but like. Protesting homosexuality really shouldn't be a protest. Like, is that really a hill you want to die on? And like, <laughs> no, yeah. Do you really want to be the assholes? Like, you know, fuck the gays. No, because that's not that's not cool. That's, Protesting you know, against gu- against gun violence is a hundred percent a worthwhile cause. But I also think we'd be remiss to say and not send out some good vibes and good feelings and love to the Blue Jays' first base coach considering what happened to him this week. Yeah, there is a chance that the Blue Jays didn't end up even playing on Sunday. They discussed yeah, the, the chance with, of just not playing the game. Like um, Mark yeah. Budzinski, man, like we all say, and we all grow up hearing no parent should have to bury their child and hearing about that, essentially what, in the middle of a game? Or did he yeah. know before and try and go out and tough it out? Because, man, like I don't even have a kid. And I can only imagine that if he knew beforehand and tried to tough that out, fuck man, that, that'd be impossible. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom that. It was seventeen right? year old, seventeen year old daughter in a in a boating accident. Like you can't ever, like even predict something like that will happen to you, right? It's it's a terrible it gives me, story. Gives me chills, man. So yeah, like all the best to Budzinski and the family, and fuck man, just you think about it, and it's just. Shit that yeah. shouldn't happen, you know? Yeah, and speaking of stuff that shouldn't happen, uh, as we shift over now to Hockey Canada, our weekly Hockey Canada update, and if you've been loyal listener of this program, you know we've talked about this situation for a number of weeks now. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. Uh, the gist of this story is that there were eight players on the World Juniors team at one particular year, I think it was 2018, might have been 2019, where they allegedly uh, sexually assaulted a woman in a hotel room. That's the Coles notes of it. There's more details, but that's the general idea of what happened. Since then, or since last week at least, I should say, sponsors left and right are pulling out of Hockey Canada. Oh, yeah. We have Swish LA and the keg have stopped supporting uh, Hockey Canada. And I think every recipe unlimited is the name of the company that owns like pretty much every fucking restaurant in Canada. So they are done. Uh, Also accounting firm BDO has paused their partnership. Tim Hortons, Scotiabank, TELUS, Imperial Oil that owns Esso declared they're suspending their sponsorship. And I feel like there's one more Canadian Tire has withdrawn support for the upcoming World Juniors 
tourn- World Junior Hockey Tournament. So I don't know what's left. I can't even think of another sponsor for Hockey Canada or the World Juniors that is still existing. I think it'll be interesting to see where TSN comes down on this. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are still going to, I mean, I imagine they will, because what does TSN show other than AEW and World Juniors Hockey? F1 now. Yeah, you know what? It might be time for them to double down on F1, since, but that, that's neither here nor there. Um, but as we keep going with this, and, you know, I don't remember the player, and I feel like I should look this up as you guys are talking, but, like, I said this to you earlier in the week, where I said, how long until all the other players come out and start doing this? Victor Mete. Yeah, where, Victor Mete. It was Mete, right, who, who said on Twitter, like, I wasn't there. It was He's almost Jamaica. like he was the... He was in Jamaica, like he, yeah. yeah. It was like he was the British Bulldog, like <laughs> getting, getting blamed for Owen Hart's ribs. It wasn't even that. Uh, he, he claims he was not there. He was on, in, on a family vacation to Jamaica or whatever it was. And obviously, since the eight players that are accused of this behavior have not been named, and the victim, for obvious reasons, has not been named that there's a lot of speculation around the team and people are just looking down the list of the players on that team and saying it could be this person, this person and making their own hypothesis based on the facts that we have in front of us, which is literally nothing. Like we don't really know much of anything other than it was players from the team and someone at this particular event that they were at. At this hotel at this time kind of thing. Exactly. And that's, it's a clue. That's it. That is all we know. And I mean, if I was him, I probably would do the same thing. 100%. Of, I, I don't want to be associated with this. And the story isn't going away. And not that we say it should go away. But if you're a player on that team and you were not involved, this story just keep popping up every single day because, like we just said, Tim Hortons is pulled out. The next day, Scotiabank's pulled out. The next day, Telus is pulled out. Next day, Recipe Unlimited has pulled out. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The story keeps happening. We've been talking about this story... I think every week for the past month with some sort of update on this story, you're going to want to get that out. So what about the other 18, 19 players on the team? It's fucked because we're going to find out who they are because the guy, just by process of elimination, by guys saying and being able to confirm they weren't there, whether it's because they, again, like Mate, were on a family vacation, or they can say, hey, I was with these people this whole fucking time, then it's going to whittle down to you might get down to 12, and then the 12 guys that haven't said anything, and you'll find out real quick, because one, you don't want to be known as that guy, and two, if you say you weren't, or you didn't do anything, and you get booked a real bad thing even worse like considering what the whole allegation is at that point and i'd said this to my brother earlier this week i'm pretty sure it's known who the players are whether it's via the what the girl has told or woman has told people in terms of like legal or players that have um maybe knew they were in some shit and have already lawyered up and talked to their respective teams to say, you know what, this may come out. Or again, going back to the old agent thing, probably talk to their agent to say, fuck, I might be named in this because of this. 
So, but beyond, like, outside of that, specifically on the starting topic thing, you don't get much bigger in this country in terms of sponsors than Canadian Tire and Tim Hortons, especially for something Dude, like bigger than bigger than those is Imperial Oil. Like, that's... Yeah. Esso's been a Hockey Canada sponsor for... Well, they have since, the medals uh, when you're yeah, a kid. Yeah, and here, here's the thing. She hasn't named anyone, so... Like she doesn't legally have to publicly, name anyone publicly no. that we know of. No, she's the, even in the documents it says she hasn't named anyone um, because she was there was an agreement, so she hasn't named anyone. And there's no criminal investigation, so she hasn't had to name anyone. The only investigations that have been carried out are by the government to figure out what's gone on with their funding, the NHL to figure out if there's any wrongdoing they need to be aware of, um, and I would imagine that a criminal investigation will come down eventually, but I don't know how that works with uh, like a hush money agreement such as this one. But I think I we went s- over that a couple of weeks ago where if there is some, an NDA doesn't protect you if there's criminal acts that could be right. We, we did talk about it. Dustin, so I think you looked that at was it. on, that was on the Vince McMahon thing where yeah. we were speculating whether the hush money that was paid to the, uh, secret or the the paralegal, paralegal. Yeah. that claims that she I don't remember exactly detail of the story so I'm trying to be careful how I say this but the the paralegal in question of the story had an NDA that had that she had signed that paid her three million dollars over a certain amount of time but we had looked up whether that covered any legal ramifications and it doesn't however full disclosure no legal like no legal claims have been made against Vince McMahon or John Laurinaitis at this time of recording. And there was no, there were no legal claims against those players either. She's not press charges as far as we know. And that's the only legal claim. Like she would have to outrightly accuse them of sexual assault for there to be a criminal investigation. So, and I imagine there won't be right. uh, I mean, statistically speaking, they usually don't. And also the fact that uh, there was a settlement paid, right? That's what I'm saying, right? But yeah, the other piece here is that guys, like, they'll talk, right? And, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. One, the guys who did it 100% bragged about it. Like, look at Logan Mayu. Like, that's what, that's what brought his story to the forefront was he bragged about it to a bunch of his teammates, and they were like, hey, buddy, that's not cool. Um, and they, they told people... Um, these players, like a Mete, or I believe Kale McCarr came out and said he wasn't a part of it as well. Yeah. Um, these players who are watching funding being pulled away from Hockey Canada, at what point when they're asked to cooperate are like, I'm not going to let Hockey Canada suffer for your stupidity. Like, at what point are they going to be like, are they going to be weighted by immense guilt to cover for these dickheads? Right, like if, if what happened is what or what's allegedly what happened is what happened, and there's reason to believe it is because a uh, the government apparently found enough to be like no bueno, we're, we're not funding you. Yeah, and you know a payment was made. Usually, payments is only made if there's something to be shut up about, right? Like I said, with the Vincent Rand thing. So I would <clears throat> surmise that. Eventually, and Mete already said he'll cooperate any way he's asked to cooperate, which means, again, there's probably a level of guilt, A, for this 
young woman, and B, for the fact that this the organization that they played in, Hockey Canada, is now going to suffer, and the next round of players are going to suffer, and the round of players after that are going to suffer. And kids because and, you know, you know and that's they didn't do anything um, specifically in this scenario. You know, we all know that there's a significant problem with culture in hockey that needs to be weeded out. But you know what's not going to help? Lack of funding. Um, but that funding should go to education to be better humans while you play hockey, not just you know the great training equipment and sweet ice rinks you can build with how good your ice is um, i think they need to start allocating some of that funding to to education on on being a half decent fucking human but well i think a lot of this comes to down to these kids are treated like untouchable since they're like 10 years old right there's no there's no we talked about that too didn't we we said there's no these kids get off scot-free because mommy and daddy pay for every way out or somebody finds a way out because can't afford not to have these kids on the ice so there's there's never any consequences for these kids growing up. They're always saved from everything. It's like every quarterback in every movie that's made in about football teams is they get away with everything because they're magically needed for something. And it's it's embarrassing really because it's at the end of the day it's just sport compared to, you know, young women lives. People's lives. Yeah, and women, you know. You know, so, traumatized for life, right? Right, like the Logan Mayu woman. Like that's that's fucking terrible. Um, and now she's never going to get that. Like that's something that'll never go away for her. Right. And so he got drafted in the first round. Yeah. yeah. And he gets drafted in the first round and he's going to play probably for one of the most storied franchises in all of sports. And, you know, he'll sit there and say, you know, I'm going to work on myself. I got to do this. I got to do that. And while people will be like, Oh, you know, and the sad thing is, is if he even does a monochrome of work, to become better and shows it people aren't going to be like yeah but you still fucked up regardless of how much work you put in and what you did it's there are people are gonna be like look he's really trying to turn a page and he's really come a long way and now look at him in the nhl he's starting on the left wing or left defense for blah blah montreal canadians that woman is gonna have to sit there and listen to this fuck's name yeah. and see that he was successful regardless but and that's the thing. So I don't know that these guys will stay suppressed in terms of their names for long. Because again, if I, and listen, I'm not. If if I was one of those players, I'd be taking a serious look at myself. Going, you know, who do you want to be? Like, yeah, right? I know who these guys are, and I'm watching Hockey Canada now take basically take the bullet. And what Hockey Canada did was not no bueno. Like what they did was not cool. Um, with hush money and using camp but at the same time like the position they were put in i mean like why would you as players why would you like a like beyond the fact that it's basic human immoral and and kind of disgusting uh, kind of and by kind of i mean a lot um why would you put the organization in a position to have to cover for you like now now hockey canada is caught in this place where they're losing funding because they had to pay for the stupidity of their players and i get it and that's what i mean like they need to start understanding from a core foundational level that you're responsible for these kids you play a big fucking part in their lives and yes it's a parent's job to parent 
But in some of these cases, Hockey Canada is around more than the parents in these kids' lives. And if you're going to start treating them like necessary parts of your program, then treat them as necessary human beings that have necessary lessons that need to be learned and hold them accountable. Again, like, you know, not, it's not the same as umps, but what the common thread here is missing is accountability. And it, instead of Hockey Canada paying this woman off, they should have, I mean, again, but what are you going to do if she doesn't want, you know, if she'd rather everything be quiet? I mean, that's the victim's choice. That's how they want to deal with their trauma. If they refuse, if they don't want to be a part of more pomp and circumstance that comes with naming these names, that's that's her choice. That's her narrative. That's her story. We can't we can't dictate that. But you know, I, I think what also is something that Hockey Canada is technically responsible for is like you were saying about accountability and how they are spending more time with their hockey teammates and their coaches and the game of hockey than their regular life and their regular friends and their regular family. At what point do like eight guys feel the need to do that? You know what I mean? Like how messed up do you got to be? Cause I feel like it's an extra level of weird yeah. where maybe that's like a, I'm not saying it's a hockey culture thing, but it's like it's like a jock guy culture thing, and we've heard some like I'm sure you guys have all heard the disgusting like locker room things that guys do to each other and say to each other and talk about and whatever. Yeah. But for like for eight guys to do that, that's really messed up. Yeah. I mean, and at some point, like wh- where does the blame lie for that? Where is there a, a situation where we can? I don't know, raise our children better to not be weirdos and psychopaths and sociopaths. Oh, like, honestly, you know what I mean, if I ever have a kid and I even hear about them looking at someone like this, they're going to have the shit beat out of them real quick. Yeah. I mean, real quick. W- when we stopped hitting our kids, is- <laughs> <laughs> when, when this all went to shit, right? No, I that, think I think there's a that goddamn Caillou that did all this. Yeah, I, yeah and he's coming back to that fuck. He is. Yeah, we, uh, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, um, and I know we're off on a little bit of a tangent here, but we're coming up towards the end of the show, so I take it. So um, there's a gap in in uh, in parenting that exists that we're just about to overcome, and that is. Uh, understanding and knowledge of the internet so we have uh and i think this might actually play a part in whatever happened so we have a generation of kids that were raised and exposed to the internet and all the new avenues that the internet opened up whether it's chat roulette or snapchat or tiktok or facebook or whatever and those kids have parents that didn't quite understand the internet so they didn't know how to deal with all the hurdles and threats and potential uh, influences that, that these things provided. I will be, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or my generation's horn here. My generation, me as a parent will be the first generation that understands those threats and can communicate these things to our kids about being more responsible and respecting 
and when I say respecting the internet, I mean respecting the harm it can do uh, as well as the good it can do. Like, I understand what Snapchat does. I understand all the potential threats with Snapchat. You know, I don't really fucking use TikTok, but I understand what the general content is and what people make on it. And, you know, what I, I can communicate to my daughter and be like, I don't want you dancing in a crop top, uh, you know, bouncing your boobs around to Lizzo. You know what I mean? Like, I can... I can say that, and I know what I'm saying. Until the next thing comes around. But no, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that there's going to be that gap the next time because I think we're so tech forward now as people and as a generation that will understand those things because they're, they're now fundamentally a part of whatever comes next. Like those threats now are always going to exist, you know, because now we know, oh, a stranger, like back in the day, strangers were luring kids in chat rooms, right? Like I know now that a stranger can lure you on any platform. So it doesn't matter what the next thing is. I know to be aware that a stranger is going to try and lure my kid out of her house, right? So again, that's a little bit of a digression, but I think that's part of what you're seeing now in all of these situations. And I think Logan Mayu is a good example of a kid who uses his cell phone to take a video uh, and then starts sharing it around, right? Like as a parent, I can raise my kid being like, you ever fucking take a video, you're going to get your ass beat. But I don't think the parents would have communicated that to him. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't think they understood the gravity and the danger and the potential that comes along with all of this. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's uncharted territory for, that's a great way of putting it, where the parents of that generation of kids didn't know how to handle what was coming because they didn't know it themselves. Dude, your and, parents watched FIFA ways, on YouTube, a video game. Right? Sorry, I missed the first part of what oh, I said. Your parents, your parents watched FIFA, the video game on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Like, they that's didn't not know what the, the hell that was. That's they the perfect example. Game. Right. <laughs> Love that story. But that's my example. That's my lighthearted example of a real, what could be a real issue when it comes to, to kids, you know? Yeah, and they, they don't know how to help because they don't know what it is that they're even doing. Right. So, I don't know. It's, it's just a weird situation. And I'm sure next week we'll have another update on that weird story. Um, speaking of weird stories, though, we're going to shift into our wrestling corner here. So I guess technically the sports portion of this podcast is over, but <laughs> there's a couple of wrestling stories that came up this week that I thought were worth talking about for a couple of reasons. The first, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time on this, but it, I mean, we could end up spending a lot of time on this. I don't want to though, but the story was there was a picture floating around on Twitter of Joey Ryan working at Disneyland as someone who attends one of the rides, uh, Jungle Cruise or whatever it was. Shortly after that picture started floating around, uh, Joey Ryan was fired from his job at Disneyland. Uh, presumably, Disney had found out who he was because I imagine he went and got a job with his shoot name, as we call it. And they did their background checks and nothing came up and whatever. But once this picture started floating around on Twitter, they put two and two together that this guy is actually Joey Ryan, the wrestler who was um, 
blackballed, as we'll say, based on the allegations that were thrown his way by dozens of women. So the question is, how long, and remember how long, but, and this is such a, a long conversation I had with someone earlier this week about it, and I feel like they've kind of changed my mind on it. But the question I was asking was, the, the, and as much as I don't like saying it, the cancel culture, right? Where it's someone does something perceive, uh, that we perceive to be horrible. And we throw that human being away and say, fuck this guy. We don't want to talk about him ever again. We don't, we don't want him in our wrestling business anymore. But does that preclude him from ever working anywhere ever again? I, I don't think it precludes him from working anywhere. I think maybe in such a public kind of performative, you know, public-facing gig. I mean, it's not a stage gig, but it is public-facing. I mean, you're attending a ride at Disney World with a bunch of kids and women. And, I mean, as if I were at Disney, like, I, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable as well. And, and this is coming – listen – I've driven Joey Ryan around. So uh, he ate my fucking box of Oreos in the back seat of the car without asking. Piece Did of I shit. tell you my Joey Ryan story? So we were driving to London. It was myself, John Greed, uh, Brent Banks, and Joey Ryan. And it must have been like a Saturday or Sunday or something. He had just wrestled Cody the night before. I think it was in a cage. And. Uh, his phone wouldn't, or I mean, I think his phone did work, but like he didn't want to use his data in Canada. So I'd like, okay, I'll tether my data if you want to use your phone. Like I thought maybe he would like need yeah. to check his email or something or whatever. The entire two hour drive from Toronto to London, he watched the same clip, video clip of him and Cody over and over and over and over again for two hours. Didn't say a word to anybody. He just watched his stupid dick flip spot on Cody Rhodes for two fucking hours the whole trip there. But that's what I mean. Fucking loser. He no, he is he's a, he's listen, I'm not afraid to say it. The guy is 100% self-absorbed and probably a little bit disillusioned about some of the things he's done and you know, there aren't there are there are friends of his, and I won't name names, but there are friends of his that did not come out to defend him. Um when this happened. Yeah, that that's easily, a good point. That easily could have on both sides of the uh, gender spectrum. Or so I should say, on any side of the gender spectrum, really. Um, you know, he had very little community support or community backing from within the industry. Um, he would like if you. He can. I think now the consequence for him now is, as a guy who is a performer, you can't perform, no matter what that looks like. No Broadway, no school play, no Jungle Cruise. Like, you're, the universe's consequence that it's handed down to you is you got to push the pencil, bud. Like, that's your new gig. Deliver papers, like, whatever it is, you know? You can't even sing. You can't even be a singing waiter. Like, that is not on the table anymore. You need... So here's, you know. here's the devil ad, devil's advocate that I'm trying to play here. So you had said, like, Disney... I think the way you put it, like Disney would found out and wasn't, you know, happy with him working in front of kids and working in front of their their patrons or whatever. Yeah. What if he got a job at a drive-through serving at McDonald's 
could you say that McDonald's would look at it and say, I don't want him serving our guests? And I don't think they would be wrong given the circumstances. That's well within their right. It is. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm trying to say here is. Um, so then count, can do books for McDonald's. <laughs> you know, okay. So here's the thing. Where's the line? Uh, in the court of public opinion, because that's what this is. Like he was never criminally charged with anything. Um, now, as the old adage goes, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's a lot of smoke coming out of this story where if you're not aware of the situation with Joey Ryan, he had scores of women all tell a, a different story about what he had inappropriately allegedly done to but them. Very, but very similar accounts. Sure. Yes. But it wasn't like it was an isolated incident. No. It, it, it wasn't like one person trying similar, to, out, sorry, out to similar, get him or something. Similar characteristics and trends. There was a threat. And it had been, it been happening for years to multiple people and multiple allegedly happening for years, allegedly to multiple people, allegedly for a number of years in different places, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, but again, not criminally charged for anything. So he is being condemned by what I call the court of public opinion. So he then tries to go get a different job, going to work you know, at Disneyland on the Jungle Cruise thing. And then they find out about his past, which he was never criminally charged for, and then loses that job. So what I'm, what I'm getting at here is, do I personally think Joey Ryan is a dickhead? Yes. Do I personally think that he deserves everything that's coming to him? Yes. Can I prove that he did any of these things? No. And that in lies the issue where, as a society, can we just throw people away like this without any definitive due process that says they are guilty of a crime? We live in a society. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, George Costanza. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's... If you don't stick your nose in shit, you're not going to smell shit or smell like shit. So don't, you know, if the easiest way for him to have avoided all this is just be a better dude, you know, yep. regardless of what that means, like whether it means not sexually assaulting women or just not being a dick to where people are like this, uh, this guy probably fucking sexual assault and it takes fire, right? You know, at the end of the day, there there's something to be said for who you are as a person, how you treat others, and and how you define your morals. There's actions have consequences, and not every action has a criminal consequence. And I think that's what people have to understand. Cancel culture sometimes does get carried away. Absolutely, James Gunn, like people who make legitimate like moments in time mistakes that are that are based on era. Right? Like when James Gunn made his jokes and got canceled from Marvel, it's because those jokes were widely accepted in that era and somebody dug up a bunch of tweets and then they were like, Grr. right? Kevin Hart, same deal. Made a bunch of jokes. You know, someone dug him up and was like, and he was like, I'm sorry. They, they were like, they were funny in that time and they're not funny now. Right? Um, those are moments in time that are captured based on the era. This is not 
that you know it's it's where you know there are actions whether or not those things that can or, or cannot be proven at this point in time uh, actually happened but like i can tell you the guy was a dick and you know i guess what goes around comes around and sometimes the punishment doesn't fit the crime but if you don't want the punishment don't be a piece of shit like that's really all there is to it how you know? easy would life be if that's just how everyone lived being like ah you don't want to be you don't want to you know have this much shit deal dealt at you just don't be a piece of shit right you know you want your you want your i said this to somebody the other day you want your existence to be manageable be manageable yourself right and this guy he wasn't clearly wasn't manageable you know and that's and now his life might not be manageable from from that perspective and he may have to end up working some weird desk job or something he might maybe has to change his name or something who knows but i mean them's the breaks when when you 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 fuck around fuck around and find out like the universe does that too you know um you know and and like i talked about before we live in a world where there is a global town hall and communication and things don't stay hidden and things get discussed and things get misconstrued you know what the best way for things not to get misconstrued don't leave any space for things to get misconstrued you don't want to be known as a rapist don't cheat on your girlfriend period how about that like then you can't like you know what i mean don't don't do grimy things that could get elevated to be more grimy even if that's wrong like even if that didn't happen don't do the little thing that got you in shit for someone to make up the big thing do you know what i mean like just if you keep yourself clean you're 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 better your odds are better for for not encountering that kind of thing you're right we would talk about this a lot longer than you wanted but yeah that's i feel the like, thing. like i just i knew there was layers to this where it's not specifically about joey ryan it's more just about like where uh, where the line is for something like this and like at what point has someone served their sentence and without a court proceeding and without due process and without sentencing and without these things that we have established in our society it's it's hard to find out when we move on from this or do we never well so like i said there are things that are not necessarily criminally or they could be criminally does like that just them existing or that person being a piece of shit results in consequences hulk hogan's a great example there are people that won't ever forgive that man because he just yes saying the n-word is not is not criminal but there how many people you think go into hogan's beach shop in clearwater florida every single week right but again there's different levels like hulk hogan like the the n-word is not the same as a sexual assault so like no so, so there rick are Fla- rick flair just sold out the whatever you know ten thousand seat arena that they're going into to do his last match mm-hmm. stone cold steve austin beat th- what two ex-wives three ex-wives whatever it was yeah but those things but what oh. i'm saying when those things but right but when those things happened similar to what i was telling you before there wasn't that global town hall to elevate them right yeah, that's and true. that's what exists now and nobody's people listen it's not right but people are picking and choosing what they go back to dig up 
They, Kevin Hart, James Gunn, whatever. Nobody's going back and, 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 and pointing the finger at Stone Cold. And that, hey, maybe that's an issue. But what we do know is that in this world, Joey Ryan played with fire, trying to be the sleazy, you know, and flew too close to the sun. And th- you can't escape that when there's a global platform to discuss and, and propel those things to the top of the discussion. Like, you can't escape that. People are going to talk. And it's the same way as, as fake news gets. Like, Trump took advantage of that. He knows you put it out there and people are going to talk about it and it's going to squirrel. But it's the same with your actions. You do something and someone knows and they, they're going to elevate that conversation. And it's you can't escape that. And that's something everybody needs to be aware of right now is that everything you do can be elevated to a point where it's inescapable. And I don't think I don't think people are as aware of that yet um, because it keeps happening. Um, but the more these things where those consequences and right, like you said, they may be more harsh than than fits the the situation or, or you know, might be over and above the innocent until proven guilty concept. But that's the new paradigm. And the best way to, to live in it is DBAD. Don't be a dick. I'm not going to lie. I would love to just have, and it's sad that it's kind of come to this. Because like when we first thought of doing this podcast, like, yeah, we'll talk sports, we'll joke around, it'll be fun and whatever. It just seems like it's just like so much negativity around so much sports. You just wish for a day that it's not the issue where we can just talk about the worst thing happening in the world of sports is fucking some goalie giving up, you know, four goals on 22 shots or, you know, a pitcher who has like through five innings, like an eight ERA and we can blast a guy for that. But that was, that was what it was, right? When it was just the newspaper and just the guys in the clubhouse talking no, to I know. the... I, but that's right. not the point I'm making, right? Like, I, you're digging into... I know you're, you know, referencing your point being like, well, it's just not elevated. That's not the point I'm making. I'm just saying, like, I wish people just weren't such shitheads that this shit just didn't happen, regardless if people talked about it or not. Yeah, yeah no, I think I'm, what Maddie's saying is that, like, week after week, there's always been, like, a story like this, you know? It's, yeah. like, it's not like we're specifically focusing on no. the... Uh, absolutely and that's and i wasn't i wasn't saying that what i'm saying is these sadly these things have probably existed for time as well right yeah that's true these shitty things aren't just new stories they're just shitty stories that just never came to light in previous decades you know like if i just look at the lineup from last week's show it was like Hockey Canada got their funds frozen. So that was one story. The week before, we talked about Vince McMahon. <laughs> the week before yeah. that, uh, Je- Jeff Hardy got in the car accident and Josh Donaldson said some racist shit. And then the week before that, it was this Tampa Bay Rays thing where they wouldn't wear the rainbow. So like, I can probably go back to every single week on our run sheet here and point yeah. out something where... But like, like you said, Steve Austin beat Deborah, And there was a song made about it and people laughed. But... It didn't. It didn't happen at a time where, you know, these stories have always existed. It's just people didn't talk about them because they didn't make it out. We're we're yeah. just the unfortunate ones that have to like. We that's what we talk about because they're the stories that are making it out. Well, the other big story this week was Logan Paul signing with WWE, and I think that's one of the high notes ones where we can say. Logan Paul has just become the biggest star in WWE today. Agree or disagree? Yeah. In terms of recognition and name, then yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, 
it's a it's it's a monumentous deal for both sides i think it's the right move for both sides and you want to talk about people who are pieces of shit like logan paul's a a real good (laughs) example right and maddie said this too the guy's put in a decent amount of work on, on his redemption path um you know compared to his brother who's can be a royal piece of shit he's distanced himself a little bit from his brother he's you know he hasn't done I mean, I don't pay that close attention, Matt. I don't know if you do. Uh, he hasn't done anything remotely close to that inappropriate or dickish since. If anything, I think his stuff's probably been a little more wholesome. Well, I think, like, for context, and I don't know how aware you are of it, but the whole incident with Aoki Gahara, which is the forest at the base of Mount Fuji, which is known as the suicide forest because it is such a dense forest, um, like there's pathways that you have to stay on and they explicitly tell you do not leave the pathway you will be lost forever um because the trees are so dense that you can't see light come from the top and you can't the sound doesn't carry it dies like three feet in front of you for lack of a better term so um a lot of people in japan go there because of the pressure and they commit suicide in the forest because they know they'll never be found the army and the military actually does sweeps of the forest every little bit to look for bodies um and he was filming a youtube thing while he was in the forest and a dead body and was just super disrespectful and i mean granted anywhere in the world being a disrespectful asshole is being a disrespectful asshole but in a country like japan where honor is everything i think it just elevated it to another degree right so that was the controversy around Logan Paul and I think was Jake Paul involved in that too. I think they're both in that video, right? Uh, I'm not sure if they're both in the video, but um, I just know it. Like, yeah, like it, people weren't happy. Yeah, that's so, for sure. right. So that was the controversy that surrounded the Paul brothers, and that was years ago. And since then, uh, Logan and uh, his brother had both like ventured into boxing, and they have expanded their youtube channel and etc etc and most recently logan had competed at wrestlemania and blown everybody away about how good he was um yeah amazing what happens when you take an athlete who like has a bit of charisma and put him in the ring it's like oh wow that's what it's supposed to look like right Um, but if you look at just pure instagram followers i i think he already has more instagram followers than roman reigns times five or something like that so it's it's definitely a win for WWE. Um, what's interesting, uh, when he signed the contract, he had his like stupid energy drink sitting on the table. It's it's going to be everywhere. That's that's the point of this contract for him. But that's something that they were always very against of having sponsorships. The only guy who ever got that was Brock Lesnar. But who's who's more I, popular? I know. I don't know. I don't know if it, I think it was Punk who originally tried to get it to happen, and WWE said no, absolutely not. You're not was allowed with, to do that. Was it with Pepsi? I don't know if it was with Pepsi or not. Like he just wanted to do a UFC style outfit, like literally exactly what Brock Lesnar wears. Yeah. He's like he wanted to wear MMA shorts and have. And this is back in the day when UFC fighters had that. It's like before the. I mean, they're with Venom now, but before the Venom deal, UFC had that deal with Reebok. But before the Reebok deal, they all just wore whatever trunks they wanted to wear, and they had yeah. sponsors on their trunks, right? 
so punk wanted to do something like that but they told him absolutely not we don't allow that for anyone and then like a year later brock lesnar came back and had like his jimmy johns all over his trunks but and why, whatever else but why did they let brock lesnar do that because he's brock lesnar and for the same reason jake exactly or sorry logan paul is logan paul and i mean listen you're getting logan paul who is a celebrity of immense magnitude like brand awareness beyond like he's right up there you're getting um sorry no go ahead no no go because this is off topic so go you get logan paul who's got brand off the charts you get not just logan paul brand awareness off the charts you get a committed logan paul for dates for multi years oh right? i don't know if it said multi-year i think they said multi-event deal i think i think i thought it was multi-year I'll have to look up the verbiage. Well, I think it, might, it, said it might multi- be X, X amount of events over. A I think years. it. I think it was events, yeah, or whatever uh, the case. It, 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 he's not going to be a full time guy because no, but he's not going to be. Mean, he's not going to be uber part time either. He's not working SummerSlam and going away until Mania. Like he's going. Like he's on Raw tonight. Like he, there. I think he's going to be showing up, and I think it's in his best interest too because WWE is one of the top brands in the world globally and what a better platform to put your drink on than that like he can't he can't buy he's getting paid to have advertising that he can't buy which is according to according to variety uh it says a source familiar with the with the pact what a weird way to write that (laughs) a source familiar with the pact blood pact uh he the pact that was made between Logan and WWE. These are just writers making, like, using fancy Weird writing words, words when, yeah. like, literal normal English words would be totally fine. Um, so, source is familiar with the two parties. He will stay with the wrestling entertainment company. Jesus Christ, Friday. He will stay with WWE for the near future and will perform across multiple events, which will take him through next year. So, yeah, so if I understand this jargon properly, he signed through 2024 and will perform on multiple events. Right. So it's it's probably a two year deal, and he's probably he's probably getting, you know, the the Brock Lesnar type treatment from his first, where it's like 20 dates. Um, you know, and he'll be in and out of storylines and he'll get a chance to promote his drink. And again, he's getting paid for advertising that he couldn't buy, which is, and and they're getting a triple A social star that can work and can be a part of things and doesn't look out of place, doesn't talk out of place. That's like, yeah, yes, it's, it's, these are very, 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 very fucking rare. In the pro wrestling no, he, industry. It's, it's a perfect storm of a guy who, like, whether you like him or not, he's got charisma. He has a platform. He has an outreach. He has ability. He has the look. Of, mm-hmm. He's everything you want. He's business savvy. So I'm sure WWE will work that in their favor in some way, shape, or form. But the guy just checks every box. I wouldn't be surprised if, like... On it, I'm. I'm not shitting you. I wouldn't be surprised if, if this time next year he doesn't win Money in the Bank. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Why? Mm, he could go away for a little not. bit. 
he can go away for a little bit, cash in, cash it in at like WrestleMania. On put somebody. the put the strap on him, and it's it's headlines everywhere. Like it, it doesn't have to be like you think they give a care about the lineage of that title anymore. They don't give a shit. So, no. so that that would be incredible. Logan Paul wins Money in the Bank. His headlines everywhere. Then you get the second round of headlines when he cashes in and wins. I would do it if I was booking that shit and i would make the miz the fucking champion that he cashes in on what if <laughs> or or roman so, and he, he ends roman I, was, no, I was gonna i was gonna say so okay so this coming wrestlemania is in los angeles and it's presumably roman reigns versus the rock does logan paul beat the rock no i they don't they don't let that <laughs> well happen. he didn't win you austin theory do won, you austin theory no, won austin the theory, right but i mean next year so at some point, The Rock can work a SummerSlam match, and he will have the the championship or whatever. And then, yeah, Logan Paul wins. And it, you know, it can set up for months in advance. Like, so I don't know what number this WrestleMania is. But let's say WrestleMania but in Money in the Bank will take place after that, so he would have to be the year after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in twenty twenty four, WrestleMania would be The Rock versus Logan Paul. No, that would be, dude. No, that would be, be massive. It would be massive. Yes. And you know what the funny thing is? The Rock cut Logan Paul off after the the forest thing. He was like re- he did a lot of stuff with Logan socially and then cut him off. So like there's like there's <laughs> it almost makes too much sense. Like it almost Could you imagine? Oh my god. There's a lot of fun things you can do there. It doesn't even have to be The Rock. You can do Brock Lesnar. Yeah. These are Roman. You can do any anybody John Cena Logan Paul would sell a gajillion tickets. Good point. But John 